Salutations. Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from 261 Turner Lane, discussing the 2022 slasher requel, Scream. This film was directed by Matt Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett from a screenplay by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. Despite its title, Scream is the fifth film in the franchise, acting as both a reboot and a continuation of the four films that preceded it. In standard franchise fashion, this film takes a satirical stab at modern horror trends and tropes with timely commentary befitting of the series. Along with a new cast of characters, this film reunites franchise stars to once again answer the call of the murderous and mysterious Ghostface. Dedicated to the late great Wes Craven who helmed the first four entries, Scream won over critics and audiences alike, opening number one at the box office and successfully relaunching the franchise. This film was recommended to us by friends of the show, Pancake the Panda, Liz Heath, David Seal, Squared Circle Nostalgia, Paige Smith, and Megan M. We'd like to thank each and every one of them for their continued support, as well as this suggestion. So, Scream, what were your first impressions on the film? We watched this in the theaters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three of us went. Won't get that time back. <laughs> um, it was all right. Um, it was a Scream movie, but I felt like it wasn't a Scream movie. Okay. Like, uh, Scream is always very, uh, what do you say? It's meta. It's self-aware. Mm-hmm. This seems very weird. It's very, I guess it's the tone of it is like off and on. It's just kind of weird to me. Um, I didn't like a lot of the stuff they did, but it's a Scream movie. So maybe I just don't like it because it's also still a Scream movie. <laughs> well, you you were never the biggest fan. Yeah, yeah. no. But I will apologize to Scream 3. <laughs> I gave it a low score. Uh-huh. Um, I don't feel like it needed that score to be that low. Okay. So if I'm allowed to go back and change it to Absolutely. a four, okay. uh, I'll go up a little bit. I'll go, hey, that's enough. I mean, it, I felt like that. It's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a little bit. All right. <laughs> I said a little. You did. You said, yeah, let's I, I, not I, get crazy yeah, here. Hold on now. You literally said a little yeah, and I was still I, surprised. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> just a tad mm. um, but no I mean it is a scream movie this is a scream movie and it is a, I won't say that it's not fun because there is times it's like oh shit you know what I mean it's a scream movie mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it didn't work for me but it is fun I mean it, it is a fun movie to watch no I was also there in the mm. theater when the three of us went to see this mm-hmm. um, I again I've gone on record to say that all scream is good to me Mm-hmm. It's like uh, pizza. <laughs> even you know the cheap pizza is still good uh, to me. To me, even uh, even bad scream is good scream. Even bad scream is good scream. J- we're hurting I mean, JP. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm saying for me, and I think I can speak for you as well. Absolutely. Since it was so important to us when we were growing up, it was. Um, it, it holds a very special place, and so anytime we can get the gang together again, even if you know there are things going on that I don't love uh-huh. or i did not um say that they could do right. <laughs> i don't know why they needed to ask me but they should have well i would have um, uh, i would have loved a phone call but yes. it's still scream i'm still gonna have a good time there is something egregious that happens in this that i uh i feel like the message that i got is kind of 
sit down grandma like we're doing new shit yeah. like that's what i felt like like even to a point where there's later i mean obviously we're gonna we're, we'll talk about it but there's one point where i was like are you making fun? <laughs> are you making fun of me yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying doesn't that hurt you a little well, bit it does, but that- i think the thing was is like, that you play about us <laughs> i made you i made yeah. you How literally you well um, which i mean like whatever it happens you know things that you loved when you were a kid get passed and it kind of becomes something you don't really recognize anymore i still recognize this as scream but to me it really feels like a turning point where there's going to be a time where i don't uh-huh. and so that aspect of it kind of makes me sad because i mean i've watched this film my whole life this film, this the, the series, this yeah. franchise, mm-hmm. you know, so that is kind of a bummer. Some of the things that they did, some of the the choices that they made when you think <laughs> about it for a while, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I will say the biggest disappointment besides that one really horribly egregious thing that we all know what I'm talking about. Yes. Is the fact that I really felt like we were being set up for something huge at the end. And so if, you know, we get in the car and I'm like, are we going to Disneyland? And you're like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we are going to Disneyland. <laughs> but but right, also, it's a magical ride. Yeah, and then you pull into a gas station and you're like, we're here. I'm like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. I well, was ready for Disneyland. And yeah. if we're in the car and the parents are in the front seat and they're like, it's going to get real mousy. When we're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. like, oh, my God. He is a mouse. <laughs> we're going this way. Oh, yeah. my God. Let's go to Disneyland. <laughs> the first half of Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what it felt like. And so... I feel like a reveal that was already, I'll be honest, a little underwhelming. Mm -hmm. Me expecting something so big and something that would have been fucking awesome. Let's be honest. We all agree. Snatching that away from me and giving me that. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. (laughs) An avocado. Thanks. That's how I felt. (laughs) No, I, I agree. Basically with everything you said. Scream 1996 has been one of my favorite films of all time. If I had to put like the franchise as a whole, I would even wager to say that Scream is my favorite franchise. Yeah. Like that I've probably watched all of more than any other. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jesus (laughs) Christ. What a jerk. (laughs) But this film, I will say that there is a, there is a lot to like here. Mm Mm-hmm. I do like the diversity of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that. There are some really cool new characters. Yeah. Um, obviously the meta commentary is always a hit for me Mm -hmm. and I feel like they do it. Okay. Here's the difficulty I had with the meta commentary in this film. They touch on a decent amount of things kind of that scream Four already did, Mm -hmm. but they do it in a way that is very 2020s. Yeah. So it's, it's new, but it's also kind of been done a little bit before. Yeah. 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 But I mean, then again, it's, this is scream. This is scream five. It's five cream. So we've, (laughs) of course it's all been done before. Right. And that's kind of the whole point of the film. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. You You almost derailed me. (laughs) It's all been done before. I know. It's all right. Yeah. (laughs) Bare naked ladies. Look, I will say that just seeing the main three again on screen is a treat. Mm-hmm. It is. But they gave us the main three and we never see them all together. They're never together. Yeah. That hurts yeah. me personally. Now, I don't want to get into... I was going to say, it's <laughs> especially in light of recent circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, again, we'll discuss that when we unfortunately get to it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I will say I was underwhelmed by this. A lot of the choices that were made, 
a lot of the revelations, the giant missed opportunity that you were hinting at, mm-hmm. and we'll definitely get to because good lord, do they tease it like five hundred times? The oh thing. no, yeah. Because when we watched it the first time, I left disappointed in that aspect. Yes. And then the further I got away from it, I was like, well, I did that to myself. Like I'm mad because. I wanted that and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again for the show and I'm like, oh, no, no, oh, no. no, no. <laughs> not at all. This no. is not on me. No. But, but there's also, I mean, there's that commentary that they're attempting to make that almost feels too pointed at yeah. me. <laughs> and they do, they do a lot of uh, fan service in this film, which I know people complain about, but I am the exact fan they're servicing. Exactly. So a lot of it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's, that's this one. That's right yeah. for this one. Yeah. And I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. But I feel like scream is so cheeky that they can get away with doing shit like that you know what i mean there is one moment they get a little too cute (laughs) (laughs) i will admit that (laughs) and we'll get to that but i do i mean i i really i really my issue is i i went into this film when we saw it and i had seen it before with our parents yeah this is actually the second time when i watched it with you guys because i was like maybe i just went into it too high expectation right and it's a scream film and I want to go into this and love it. And when I didn't love it, I was like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I went to see it with you guys, I was like, you know what? Maybe I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, yeah no. You know, but I mean, I, I love how massive this was for the horror community when it came out. Oh, yeah. I love how much everybody loved it. And I love how much nostalgia powered this and made it such an enjoyable experience for so many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I did learn listening to the commentary okay. on the Blu-ray is how much this film came from a place of love and reverence. And it did make me appreciate some aspects of it more. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I hoped. Yeah. But I did kind of want to talk about the production and how everything came to be. Mm-hmm. All right. So according to various sources, after Scream 4 came out, Kevin Williamson had two more films in mind that he was going to do a new trilogy with. But whenever Scream 4 came out, the box office wasn't there exactly for it okay which was kind of surprising that is very surprising i was shocked to hear that and that being part of the reason why these films didn't go forward yeah the other part of it was there was kind of a falling out with kevin williamson and the previous producers who shall not be named Boo! <laughs> we're trying to have a good time here sorry 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 continue no 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 um but it stayed in limbo for years right and so scream is this property they do the tv show which kevin williamson has nothing to do with mm-hmm. and it kind of is going to continue its life that way all right but years pass and there's rumors that maybe Blumhouse is going to do a new Scream film. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like, too expensive. Too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> $2 million? Yeah, like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Can't he do goes it, back homie. into the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> like Homer Simpson. Uh, <laughs> but eventually it ends up with Spyglass Entertainment. And what they did is they get in touch with James Vanderbilt, who is a screenwriter, who wrote the screenplay for Zodiac? Oh, okay. I was going to say, not to be confused with James Vander Beek. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly. But hell yeah, Zodiac. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Dude, I, I was like, go on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he also produced Ready or Not. Oh, okay. all right, all right. All right. And so he goes into the office at Spyglass and they show him the slate of all the films that they have. And they're like, well, what would you like to work on? Mm-hmm. He's like, you guys have Scream? And he's like, yeah, the the other guy. <laughs> he's not talking to himself. Yeah. <laughs> you know scream? Yes, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the guy says, yeah. And he's like, well, if you write a screenplay for it, you can have it. And it was just that easy. The wow. Fa- <laughs> the fact that <laughs> a 
it means so much to so many people and uh, it's just that i mean if you want there, it yeah it's just like it's go for dusty it. yeah, nobody's <laughs> touched there. it like you can have it it's like what i i was so surprised i thought it would be like you know a bidding war yeah, yeah that is yeah. wild he's like you want it james or yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> jimmy yeah <laughs> um but he gets in touch with guy Busick, who is the co-screenwriter of this film who co-wrote ready or not all yeah. right and so they watch all four screen films together and they get all these ideas, oddly coming up with the same ideas independently of different aspects that they want in a new screen film. Huh. And so they, in a matter, and this is what they said, in a matter of two and a half weeks, they write a new screenplay for Scream. Jesus. Okay. And so a new screenplay? Yes. <laughs> if, that, if that helps you. Yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing was, is that with their proximity to Radio Silence from working with them on Ready or Not, yeah. they're like, these guys would be perfect for this. And I love Radio Silence. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I basically love everyone involved in this film, um, which hurt a little more. Yeah. Than <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it, it as much. Worse. But um, they bring Radio Silence in to speak with Spyglass Entertainment, not telling them that this is about Scream at all. And so they didn't even realize that Ready or Not was basically their audition to direct Scream. Oh, oh wow. Right. And they passed the audition, clearly. Yeah. Oh, interestingly, <laughs> <laughs> they um, had to back out of directing a film they were developing to direct this, and that film was Cocaine Bear. Oh, really? shit. <laughs> yeah. So that also yeah. had its own thing. Yeah. yeah. It's out right it's now. It's out now. <laughs> Not <laughs> a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I thought it was just so interesting that the way that everything came together and simply making these relationships and friendships through the industry, right. yeah. they were able to do that. And the most important thing to me is that whenever James Vanderbilt got the assignment, he immediately contacted Kevin Williamson. Okay. And so he got him on the phone and it turns out that in the 90s, Vanderbilt wrote a screenplay and whenever your career is burgeoning as a screenwriter in Hollywood, you get the opportunity to meet a lot of really cool people. Mm -hmm. And so in the 90s, he met Kevin Williamson. And Kevin Williamson read that screenplay that he wrote in the 90s. And he's like, oh, I love it. And he's giving him all these details about it. And he's like, you read my screenplay? Yeah. And then he calls him in proximity with this film. And he's like, look, whenever they sit down for lunch, he's like, you probably don't remember me. Yeah. But I did this. He goes, no, of course I remember you. You wrote this. Uh, he goes, that character was this and that. And he remembered everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's nice, too. Very nice. <laughs> but um, they talked about it. And Kevin Williamson obviously had a lot of tension still and a lot of uh unresolved issues regarding the scream franchise right right and so he said that he loves the idea but he's not really interested and so vanderbilt calls his agent and he gets the bad news that you know love it but no thanks right that night kevin williamson calls vanderbilt personally and he tells him that he really loves their ideas and he had one condition and that condition is if you make this film a tribute to wes craven Aww. Right. then I'll, I'll, I'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> and so they agreed and Kevin Williamson came on as a producer and he was kind of a consultant on some of the aspects of the screenplay. I oh, love nice. that. All right. So, I mean, it's the whole gang. Pretty yeah. much, you know, the best that they can do. I was, was going to say as much as they can. But, um, yeah, I still have issues. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we ask this film its favorite scary movie, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's make the call. Now, this film relies heavily on having already seen Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3, and Scream 4. If you haven't, we suggest you go watch them or go listen to episodes 13, 33, 49, 
and 95 of our show as a refresher. So the film opens on the shot of a house on a suburban street at night. We hear a telephone ringing as the camera presses in, and inside the house, the landline rings on the kitchen counter, catching the attention of Tara Carpenter, played by Jenna Ortega. So already we're starting with the references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, it does get a little egregious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little egregious. A little, but I, I like it. I like it's it. like y'all are doing a lot, yeah. <laughs> but I'll allow it. We know what it means. <laughs> But Tara barely looks at the caller ID, which reads, unknown name, before ending the call. It is 2022, so it's probably about a car warranty. I get it. Yeah. Well, most likely. Instead, she returns to her cell phone, texting her friend Amber and trying to get her to come over since her mom is out of town. After a list of offerings, Tara attempts to entice Amber over with an unlocked liquor cabinet, which finally seals the deal. You're not drinking my shit with Amber. Don't do that <laughs> bullshit. Uh-uh. Specifically Amber? Or? Well, not Amber. Yeah, that's who she was texting. Um, <laughs> uh-uh. Tara smiles before shaking her inhaler and taking a puff. Okay, so... <laughs> I was... I was not, wait. <laughs> it wasn't great. Uh-huh. Still better than Black Christmas. Everything is... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they had never met an asthmatic before. Yeah, I was going to say, it was, what was that, the 70s? They were trying. Yeah. Asthma, Asthma was, was brand just, new. They just invented it. Exactly. They didn't know so, going up. Cut them some slack. You hear the guy breathing on the phone? <laughs> Where's, Where's the, the baby? baby? Yeah. He's like, oh, he just needs his inhaler. Yeah, please. Oh, shit. He'll be fine. What's an inhaler? Yeah. <laughs> I will say, um, I would love to see a movie where someone has an inhaler and it doesn't matter. Yeah, no yeah, shit. Yeah, we talk yeah. about that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is not that like, film. N- no, it's not. <laughs> but it kind of is. Like, let's be real. Vaguely. It- <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about uh, it. Well, yeah, we'll get there. But the phone rings again, which annoys Tara enough to tell Amber about it. Amber asks, is Wes still bugging you? And instead of answering her, Tara picks up the landline. She asks, Hello? And an almost familiar voice repeats, hello, before pivoting to a much more jovial tone, asking if someone called Christina is there. Tara says that she isn't and asks to take a message. The voice tells Tara that he's a friend of Christina's from group, and then he immediately scolds himself for saying so. I guess because it's the anonymous portion. But he then introduces himself as Charlie, but Tara latches on to the fact that he said he was from group. He admits that he shouldn't have said that, but tells Tara to just tell Christina that Charlie called. Tara promises to do exactly that, but only after Charlie tells her what group he's talking about. A-A? N-A? Charlie stammers as Tara texts Amber that she thinks she's talking to her mom's new boyfriend on the phone. So I was like, the first thing I ever saw Jenna Ortega in was you. Uh Uh-huh. And so I'm like, okay, so you're good at playing a precocious (laughs) teenager that really is just like showing your ass and pushing the limit like that's what you know this is your lane yeah because yeah. she's like i will but what group you know what i mean yeah. it's like god just fucking listen dude yeah. just stay okay the adults are talking yeah, yeah no. <laughs> please but charlie says that tara sounds exactly like her mom describes her but when pressed for more details charlie says he can't talk about it <laughs> that was very funny charlie, to me. get off the phone <laughs> why are you calling them leave a message <laughs> But he only says that her mother loves her very much. She loves that she's creative and loves art, TV, and movies. Hmm. Tara shrugs it off, saying that everyone loves movies, but Charlie counters. Her mother says that she loves scary movies and that they have that in common. 
Tara walks around the house, scooping up the mail from the front door and bringing it into the kitchen as Charlie says that Tara's mother is proud to have made a horror fan out of her. Tara seems intrigued by this, and Charlie confirms it, telling her that just the other day, <laughs> Christina was wondering, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> she, she was? was? Yeah. <laughs> really? It's like, you know what? I love that my daughter loves horror. Yeah. I don't know anything about her. <laughs> she I don't was know asking, what she likes. Yeah. She was asking you that? Yeah. Yeah. Like a- Charlie's like, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> I've never met her. I don't know. <laughs> I'll call her tonight. I'll find yeah. out. <laughs> but Tara immediately answers, the Babadook which she says is an amazing meditation on motherhood and grief. I want to know why she's mispronouncing that. Okay, I was like, that's not what she said. Yeah. No, <laughs> she, she says, says the Babadook. 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 Yeah, she says Babadook. I didn't know if it was a commentary on like people who are into quote unquote elevated horror being up yeah. their asses or something and not knowing shit. I don't know what, but she says it a few times and it's always wrong. No, yeah. I don't think yeah. it I is wa- because I- she even says it again later and it's meant to be like a thing. And yeah. I don't I don't think it. I did mean, guys, I don't know. Did you guys see the Babadook? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it has to rhyme with book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the it's whole very point. important. All I remember is that little fucker not letting his mom do her business. All right. Yes. So let's not uh, let's keep the decorum. Duck any of this shit. Just- but as Tara stirs the contents of a pot on the stove, Charlie calls her answer a little fancy pants. Tara responds that it's elevated horror, which Charlie doesn't understand. Tara explains that it's like regular horror, but with complex emotions and themes, not just some schlocky jump scare nonsense. This sounds boring to Charlie, so he shifts the discussion to another film, asking Tara if she's ever seen Stab. Yeah, you ever seen Stab? Hmm? You know what it is? Not Tara? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying it's a little obvious, sir? Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> Tara admits to watching it once as a child at a sleepover, which gets a laugh out of Charlie, who facetiously comments that she lives in Woodsboro and doesn't know Stab. I'm like, she just said she saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you've never seen it. You're not listening. Tara fiddles with a knife on the knife block as Charlie tells her that her mother loves Stab and talks about it all the time at group. My mom talks about Stab all the time at group? Did you say she talked about me? Yeah. Well, but I'm I'm thinking everybody else in group is like, can we get back? Yeah, I know. Can we focus on why we're here, She's like, but listen, Luke Wilson. Yeah. Quiet. No, but Heather Graham said, I'm beginning to dislike you already. Um, I did want to say the toying with the knife on the knife block, Casey Becker. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. I love these little slight homages. I I will say, and I mispronounced homage, <laughs> but I will say that um, this scene is pretty much calculated exactly like the opening of the original. Yeah. And there is something in it that leads to something later that bothers me tremendously. Okay. But we'll talk. Charlie asks how well she remembers the original. Tara isn't sure, remarking that it was super 90s and that it was really overlit and everyone had weird hair. Hold on, though, because yeah. nobody had weird hair wow. until Scream 3. I mean, Stab 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, the hair was fine. Right, until yeah, then. how dare you? <laughs> well, I will say, look, I don't don't talk shit about Scream, first of all. Uh, <laughs> second of all, Billy Loomis's hair was weird. It was fine. <laughs> it was 96. All right, well, hold on. <laughs> hey, uh, it's better than Josh Hartnett's hair. Okay. Yes, yeah. All right, Halloween all right. and uh, what's the other? The alien the movie. The faculty. Faculty, yeah. <laughs> Fucking. The alien <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had Kool-Aid man through the door. Well, they did. Oh, yeah, she yeah. did. Yeah, it was quite a bit. <laughs> that was hilarious. But Tara opens a cabinet to retrieve another pod, obstructing our view of an adjacent hallway. When she closes it, the hallway is revealed to be empty, 
playing with our expectations. Mm -hmm. Pretty sneaky, sis. But Charlie asks if she remembers the beginning of the film, and she guesses that it all started with a kill scene because all of them did. Charlie says that she's right. It's a girl at home alone, and she answers a wrong number and starts talking with the killer who makes her play a game. Charlie's voice grows sinister, and we can now confirm that it is the voice provided by Roger L. Jackson. Ghostface asks, would you like to play a game, Tara? The music grows tense as Tara hangs up the phone, and she nervously looks around before whipping out her cell phone and arming the security system with an app, and we see the doors lock in the house. My locks don't do that. Uh, no. No, but I'm Yeah, like, that no, was fancy. That, yeah, that was That's cool. fancy. <laughs> yeah, screw the Babadook. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will say again, and I've we already discussed, you know, watch all the films before you come here. Listen to this one. Yeah. yeah. But Charlie was the name of one of the killers in Scream 4. That's yeah. true. So I didn't know if they were trying to... Oh, it probably was like a little nod. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. And I have to say... You cannot do Scream without Roger L. Jackson. No. Yeah. That, that's awesome that he's, you know, still able to yes. mm-hmm. reprise that role because it, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. No. He does so good in this film. Mm-hmm. There's some lines. No. <laughs> now, he gets a little mean. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I literally have that in my notes. Like meaner than I remember. Ever. Like, You've never been like this. No. <laughs> I, I enjoy this ghost face a little more. It's, it's great. But... <laughs> Tara promptly pulls out her phone, correcting herself in a text to Amber. It wasn't her mom's new boyfriend. It was some psycho, and she's locking all the doors. But maybe we... You can't tell me that you have a button that locks the doors and arms the house, but it doesn't alert authorities. Well, but I mean... Or at the very least, you're on your landline. You can also call the police on your cell phone. Yeah, I was a little confused. Do you... Okay, so there comes a point soon. I mean, to spoiler, what's coming next? But there comes a point soon where she says the cops are on the way. Did any of you see her call the cops? No. Okay. I thought she was lying. I, I, yeah. Well, I mean, Casey lied about her yeah. you know, boyfriend playing football. Who's big and yeah. Yeah. Well, football and he'll Well, that the was the truth. <laughs> the lie was that she didn't have a boyfriend. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I guess everybody's lying. It's fine. But Tara peers out the windows of the back door before closing the curtains. Amber checks in on her, but Tara says that she's fine. But just then, the phone rings again. Tara jumps in fright, turning to face it, and she then receives another text from Amber. You should answer it. At this point, <laughs> I'm dying tonight. That's just what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. yeah. That I do like. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was like, oh, that's fucking that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Even your friend. Yeah. yeah. I. That is one thing that I was thinking as well, is that if I were Tara, I live in Woodsboro. Yeah. This prank is probably constant. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if I would be getting this scared so soon. But at the same time, she's not really that aware of stab. Yeah, so. yeah but still yeah, constant that. in 2022. Hell yeah, dude. I don't know. Who even has a landline anymore? Tara? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shut my mouth. <laughs> but Tara stares perplexed, asking Amber how she knew that her phone was ringing. The reply comes in. This isn't Amber. <laughs> that made me Duh. laugh out loud. <laughs> I just remember it screamed forward when he's like, this isn't fucking Trevor. Yeah. 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 It's like, he's like, I'm sick of it. Yeah. But this text is followed by something a little more crude. And I'm sorry, it's a killer talking. So just excuse me for a moment. The killer says, answer the phone, bitch. Which, come on. 
No, I love it. If Ghosty, Ghosty can, can keep doing this, Ghosty, yeah, I'm, I'm loving that. <laughs> well, they're friends that. now. That's, yeah, that's no, one yeah. thing that I did uh, note is that Ghostface was coming hard with the bitches. I love it. Like- it was a good. It reminded me of Freddie. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And I was like, that's great. I love it. Maybe it's a quiet homage. It, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Yeah, no, there, yeah. Was, a, <laughs> there was a few. No, this isn't the end. No. <laughs> But Tara is unsure what to do, but the killer makes the choice very easy for her with another text. Answer the phone or Amber dies. Tara rushes for the phone, answering it, telling Amber that this isn't funny. The voice repeats that it is not Amber. Girl, you yeah. know it's not. Well, we're hoping. Yeah. <laughs> Who is this? But at this point, the killer ghost FaceTimes with her on Amber's phone. <laughs> Thank you. And there's a video taken all creeper style from inside of her closet or possibly outside her window. It wasn't very clear to me. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is that we see Amber Freeman, played by Mikey Madison, seated at her vanity brushing her hair. Mikey Madison is great. I have to say that. Yeah. I loved her in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh I loved her in Better Things. Mm -hmm. It's very funny to me because they were talking on commentary and they did a lot of placeholder names in their screenplay and then they never changed them. (laughs) (laughs) And so Amber Freeman in this film, Amber Freeman is the exact name of James Vanderbilt's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Just unchanged. That's hilarious. Yeah. And this moment is where I was really, really interested because now we're putting Tara in Casey Becker's shoes, Amber in Steve Orth's. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, very cool. But the voice says that Amber shouldn't have left her phone lying around for someone to so easily clone. Tara asks what they want, and they simply repeat that they want to play a game. And the game is three rounds of stab movie trivia. I feel like this is really unfair. (laughs) (laughs) I just told you. I haven't seen it once. And you cloned her phone? How? I don't know. They always clone phones. I love. I don't know. (laughs) They they say it like it's so easy to do. I do not know the process. Yeah, I. We'll talk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there are rules to this game. If Tara calls the cops or gets the question wrong, Amber dies. Tara looks down at the video of Amber as Ghostface asks if she wants a warm-up question. Her voice overcome with emotion, she tells them that she doesn't know these movies at all. She begs them to ask her questions about movies she does know. It follows Hereditary, The Witch. The voice instead asks, in the first step movie. (laughs) 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 What? It's his game. (laughs) I'm not not even entertaining Uh, it. (laughs) Moving along. Uh, In the first Stab movie, what Woodsboro native was introduced as the franchise's main character? This one, Tara knows immediately. Sydney Prescott. She says it's Sydney Prescott and she lived on Elm. Love that. Yeah. Love it. But the voice encourages her after this correct answer, but then dashes her hopes when they tell her that she's ready for question one. I was like, I never agree <laughs> to a warm-up question. But that you was your idea. It. But, yeah, it, but, but you did answer. But yeah. it toward my, you yeah. know. This is credit. Yeah. This, is, this is store credit, clearly. Right, at least half. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> but they say that anyone could have gotten that question right. Sydney's in every movie except for the last one. Now, this line hit different in 2022. Yeah, yeah. it did. Then it did in 2023. Yeah. yeah, it did. And so I was very sad and annoyed at Paramount. But anyway, the voice asks the first question. 
Who wrote the original book that the Stab movies were based on? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Phone a friend. <laughs> yeah, call me, bitch. I know. Tara thinks for a moment, and after giving the vague answer, the chick from TV, she finally comes up with Gail Weathers. The killer moves on to the next question, asking quite crudely, again, I apologize, it's a murderer talking. <laughs> Who plays the dumb bitch at the beginning of the film who answers the phone and gets carved up by the killer? T- Tara goes, fuck you. And he goes, is that your answer? Yeah, no, no, no. well, I mean. <laughs> I take it back. I'm sorry. Right, I'm sorry. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> but Tara slyly Googles the cast of Stab. And after flipping through the hilarious fictional cast of the film. Yes. I love seeing Jennifer Jolie. Yes. We love Parker Posey. I forgot. All that. Yeah, that is, that's hilarious. <laughs> but she finds her. Heather Graham. The voice tells her that she's correct, but then asks the final question. Who was the killer in the original stab? Tara ponders for a moment, quietly sobbing to herself before the answer arrives in her mind like a bolt of lightning. It was Billy Loomis. He was Sydney's boyfriend, and he was played by Luke Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) Confidence overtakes Tara but it quickly vanishes when the voice reminds her that there were actually two killers in the original stab, Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker. The voice tells her that they're afraid that someone has to die now, and on the video, we see a knife brandish in front of the phone's camera. So this is the first step of a payoff this is, never, this is yeah. when we got in the car and I said, are we going to Disneyland? And they're like, we're Ooh. not, not yeah. going to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> and I do want to say um, none of us have seen Scream 6. Right. Yeah. So outside of speculation, we have no idea. Yeah. And please don't spoil. Please don't. Please. Be, be a friend. Be a buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but Tara rushes for the knife block, grabbing a large one and telling Amber that she's coming to her rescue. I don't know how far away Amber lives, so this is really admirable. Yeah. <laughs> If I have to hike six miles, (laughs) but she heads to the front door, ripping it open to reveal Ghostface standing there. She screams as Ghostface slashes her across the torso with a knife. She's able to slam the door on them and is eventually able to close and lock it. I have to admit, one of my favorite things about Ghostface in all of the films Mm -hmm. is the humanity of the person behind the mask. Yes. (laughs) Because this door hurts. Yeah. And it's very clear that it did. Ghostface does not have any kind of powers. No. And it's clear in yeah. every no. Scream film. Clumsy. It's so yeah. clumsy. It's amazing. <laughs> but Tara holds her bleeding side, sobbing and backing away from the door. She picks up her knife and holds her phone in her other hand as Ghostface pounds on the door. She checks the security app to make sure that everything is locked and shouts to Ghostface that the police are on their way. Suddenly... The security app disarms in the entire house, and it's a tense battle between Tara and Ghostface arming and disarming the house. Where is he keeping this laptop and that fucking robe? I do not know. How how did you clone her phone, hack her security system? He also cloned Tara's phone. Well, he's good. He's He's, the best of us. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. It's one of those things where you just have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, you have Um, to accept it. Ghostface is Mr. Robot. This is what (laughs) they are. (laughs) He's in the mainframe. (laughs) But Tara is victorious, stumbling her way toward the kitchen. But the phone rings again, startling the shit out of her. She picks it up, raising it shakily to her ear. Ghostface offers her a bonus question as she begs them to stop. They ask, do you think I made it inside your house before you could rearm? And before she can answer, Ghostface leaps out of the shadows, grabbing her from behind and sinking the knife into her gut. 
Tara fights back, but is no match for Ghostface, who throws her to the floor and breaks her ankle with one forceful stomp. That was a lot. Yeah. They, (laughs) whoever Ghostface is. (laughs) <laughs> God damn! Sorry, all right, ghost person. I guess <laughs> ghost you. person. Yeah. As, as it continues, I'm like, this is the most brutal ghost face yeah. that we've ever seen. Right. And what did what did Tara do? <laughs> she got the wrong answer. I. That's all <laughs> it takes. She forgot about Stu. Yep. Mm, see him. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It would have been. Mm-hmm. We'll talk. We will talk. Tara screams in pain as Ghostface gets on top of her and stabs her through her hand. She kicks them off of her. And they hilariously hit their face on the sink like a fucking cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But Tara tries to crawl away and Ghostface returns to their feet, raising the knife. Sirens wail in the distance, but Ghostface reaches her, pulling her closer and sinking the knife into her back before turning her over. Ghostface raises the knife for a slash as Tara screams for her life. As they lean in, the screen goes black and in glowing white letters on the screen with a slash through it, we get the title, Scream. So I would say, personally, I think this is a decent opening. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to compare with Scream openings yeah. Yeah, I, and compete. I, I think it's good. Um, I like it until the next scene. Agreed. But... <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it just to stand alone, the, you know, our traditional cold open. I think right. it's good. It pays a lot of homage to the original, which, you know, yeah. I love. Of course. So, yeah, it's fine. I like it. Yeah, it follows the scream formula. Yeah. That's what it is. It's not until the next scene where I'm like, well, that's not. <laughs> well, don't do that. What? Yeah. what? <laughs> it's like we were watching different films. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and I will say um, there was a lot of chatter. I was going to say online, but also from me about it being called scream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just flat scream. Yeah. But it's so important to what they're trying to say with this film. Yeah. So I will rescind all my complaints. I don't, I still don't love it, but no. it's like, all right, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely don't love it after what the next film's titled. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why did you do this? <laughs> five cream, five cream. Yeah, five cream. what happened? <laughs> But we cut to the outside of Cardinal Lane's bowling alley to find Samantha Carpenter sat on a curb in her work uniform. So this is one of many little references and homages to Wes Craven Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because Wes Craven, I learned from my soul to take because it was a big plot point. And they also talked about it on the commentary. Avid bird watcher. Really? Yes. All right. So Cardinal Lane's. Yeah. It's sweet. All right. It is. But Sam looks a little uneasy as she shakes out a couple of pills from a prescription bottle and takes them. Just as she does, Richie Kirsch, played by Jack Quaid, comes out of the building and walks over to her. Jack Quaid, I, <laughs> my favorite performance in this film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I this is why you need, you both of you need to watch The Boys. I will. <laughs> uh, he reminds me of Joe McHale. <laughs> I can see. I can totally see that. I was like, that. is yeah. this his little brother or something? I was like, what? Interestingly, Jack Quaid is the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. All right. Meg Ryan being the actress who Dewey said should play Sydney. Yeah. Uh, if they make a movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But Sam stashes the pill bottle and downs them with an energy drink. Richie jokingly asks her what she just took and Sam sarcastically answers that it was his boner pills, and she wishes him luck getting it up now. Richie kneels down next to her, 
offering and immediately abandoning the line. You are my boner pills. You had to try it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and who says romance is dead? Yeah, see? Like, oh, that's the sweetest thing. It's sweet in its own way. <laughs> they both laugh it off and he sits down next to her and they share a kiss. I did laugh very hard because as they kiss, I realize the music that's playing is Just Us by DJ Khaled featuring SZA. And as soon as they kiss, you hear... <laughs> Another one. <laughs> I was like, we didn't have to do that. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ. But <laughs> Richie asks if she's okay. And Sam says that she is and tells him that he doesn't have to check in on her all the time. Richie agrees. But after he does, Sam gets a call from a number that she doesn't recognize. She ditches it at first, but then gets a text from the same number. And it says that it's Wes Hicks. He doesn't know if she remembers him, but he asks her to call him because it's about Tara. Sam does as told, and when she calls, Wes Hicks, played by Dylan Minnette, picks up. He tells her the news about Tara being attacked the night before, but says that she's alive, but in bad shape. I was like, a lot? How the fuck did you... Hey, how did you survive that? Because (laughs) this ghost face was... Vicious. Brutal. Yeah. B, you're supposed to die in the opening. Maybe that's the Mm -hmm. subversion. I mean, I don't like it either. I feel like, I mean, it is different because every single Scream film that we've ever seen mm-hmm. always ends the same way, the opening. Yeah. So it's different. It's uh, not what I would have done. No. But it's interesting, right? It is interesting. Is that as far as we're going to go? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, I, I like Jenna Ortega. Uh-huh. It's very much, you know, not that, oh no, get her out of here or whatever. It's like, no, that's not, you know? But, I mean, in all fairness... I love Drew Barrymore. That's what I was going to say. I would lay my life down for Drew Barrymore. Maybe not not die for her, but almost. Well, I I co-signed. So (laughs) you're like, yeah, no, absolutely. I adore, I love, love, love Drew Barrymore. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Yeah. It 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 was so, and I I get that at this point. No, it's not shocking anymore. Yeah, I guess it is shocking that she lived, but it's like oh. yeah, even Heather Graham died. Yeah. Even Heather, <laughs> <laughs> she was the best out of all yeah, of them. She, she died. She disliked the killer already. <laughs> <laughs> so you're better than Cotton Weary. I mean, I'm just like I don't know. I'll well, let it go. No. Cotton, don't get me started. Yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Cotton. I am still upset about that. <laughs> but Wes says that Tara was stabbed, which obviously shocks and concerns Sam. But Wes says that he knows that they're not on the best terms with each other. But Sam interrupts him, saying that she's on her way. Before she gets off the phone, Sam asks if they know who did it. Wes tries to get off the phone, but when pressed, he tells her. It was someone in a ghost face mask. Sam gets off the phone without saying goodbye, which is normal, I guess, in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate it every time. I don't know why. Yeah. Cur- courtesy. It's, it's constant, too. Mm-hmm. Just rude fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam tells Richie what happened, and he insists that he's going with her. She's reluctant, but he insists even further, and they hug each other. I feel like it was b- kind of easy because he's like, I'm coming with you. All right. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> well, at first okay. she was like, yeah. and he's like, no, but I am. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You well, got you a bus. Drive. What a great boyfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah. This franchise is built on great boyfriends. Every film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But at Woodsboro High School, a flag whips in the breeze as over the loudspeaker, the principal played by Drew Barrymore. <laughs> who we love and adore. Yes, yeah. who we we'll said we died for. for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we 
reminds students that all classes and school activities will be canceled tomorrow due to public safety concerns. The camera cranes down to find a group of friends sitting at a table. It's Amber, Wes, and Mindy Meeks Martin, played by Jasmine Savoy Brown. Yellow Jackets. Yeah, that I okay. I wanted to say for the hundredth time, if you have not watched Yellow Jackets, what <laughs> I love her in this and I love her in that. I'm just uh, I really like her. I love the energy she brings. Yes, because it's very, very much reminiscent of another person. Right. One thousand per, and it, that's very much um, purposeful. Of course, but uh, it's a treat. I I love Yellow Jackets. <laughs> when I saw her, I was like. Ah! But they also said with the name being intentional to make it even sound close. Yeah. Randy Meeks, Mindy Meeks. Yeah. It's like right there. Yeah. Y'all knew what you were doing. Oh, they did. (laughs) (laughs) But Amber is shocked to learn that Sam will be coming to visit Tara and sarcastically tells Wes to watch everything get worse. Chad Meeks Martin, Mindy's twin, played by Mason Gooding, walks over with his girlfriend Liv McKenzie, played by Sonia Amar. This was another thing with the naming because in the original screenplay, mm-hmm. Chad is named after the producer Chad Valella, just straight uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> and they just never changed it. Yeah. So he is Chad Meeks Martin. Fuck it. <laughs> but they sit down together with the group and Chad says that he thinks that it's time they took their relationship to the most intimate level. I was afraid he's going to be like, I feel like we've been edited for television. Yeah. <laughs> 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 On our way to an NC-17. Um <laughs> But it turns out this isn't what he's talking about. Liv says that Chad wants her to accept his find my fam request, which Chad says is a smart idea with a would-be killer on the loose. They go back and forth on it a little lightheartedly, but Amber chimes in, asking if he's doing this because the two of them aren't having sex yet. I do not understand this connection to those two things. Yeah. Not really. (laughs) Oh, maybe he thinks that she's going to get it somewhere else. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what else could it be? Um, Unless you just really wanted to say that. That's what I was. Yeah. I, I was like, what else could it be? A, a little heavy handed screenwriting. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it could be. But Chad says not to sound like the stereotypical jock, but, and then Liv just kisses him on the cheek for this. But Wes tells her not to do it because there's a psycho out there. He says she should make herself harder to find, delete social media, tape over your webcam, etc. Chad facetiously calls him Edward Snowden and tells Wes that his mother just interrogated him about Tara's attack. Wes looks over at Sheriff Judy Hicks, played by Marley Shelton, who is questioning a student with Deputy Vinson, played by Chester Tam. Now I know. (laughs) (laughs) Not living square Judy. We're about to get into this. (laughs) We all love to see Judy back. Very kind hearted. Yeah. Great person. Nice lady. Hell of a baker. I <laughs> scratch that last one. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I love Judy. I think she's great. Yeah, she's fine. She is. Okay, listen. She's <laughs> she's the sheriff now. She has her son. She's living her life. Uh-huh. She did some trifling shit during her whole phase. <laughs> and, but Look. I'll forget it. Look. I will not forget though. She made a pastry. Yeah, that was we, it. Don't fucking care. Don't, you're not going to rope me back into this. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm merely stating the truth for her work friend. <laughs> okay. Look, here's the deal. I do have one complaint. <laughs> and that complaint is that Scream 4 was 10 years ago. Yeah. And Wes is clearly not 10. <laughs> yeah. So she. this is to assume that during Scream 4... 
Wes is at home. Yeah. She yeah. has a kid, never talks about him. Yeah. No. Never comes up. Yeah, that's Which true. is interesting. Yeah. Which is not because he didn't exist. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> but Judy tips her hat to her son, and Wes tells his friends that he's sure that the police are questioning everybody. Ghostface is back, after all, and everybody's a suspect. Mindy says that the press isn't saying it's Ghostface, but Wes chalks that up to his mom not wanting to start a panic. Mindy assures them that it'll all be out in the press by the second or third killing. Amber immediately gets offended, reminding Mindy that there wasn't even a first killing. But Mindy says that Tara could still die, or the killer could come back for her. Well, yeah. But goddamn. I know, but isn't that your friend? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if this is, you know, scream. But okay. well, like, Tara's hanging on by a threat. Yeah. Okay, we all know that. <laughs> and I, I guess this is, Randy would do the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it, but everybody had the same reaction as me, which was, what the God yeah. damn, okay, dude. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but Wes just tells everyone to arm up with something for self-defense. He lists a few items on his checklist, and Amber offers girlfriend repellent, check why because he wants to be alive i don't know (laughs) i don't want to die sorry yeah well my thing that got me is that we've already established that wes has a crush on tara yeah Yeah. and amber is very protective right so when she said that like i saw wes's soul leave his body (laughs) (laughs) but i don't understand why we're being so mean yeah i and okay that is that that is a thing that also bothers me a little bit about this is that wes has a crush on tara Mm -hmm. this doesn't really come up ever again no yeah i feel like I, we we throw in like these little breadcrumbs of things to make us suspicious like when she's like is Wes still bothering you or whatever yes and he clearly cares about her but it doesn't it doesn't develop into anything yeah like and, there's a lot of things that are thrown out there and it's like they just leave it they don't even i feel like it, there's not even enough effort put into it to call it a red herring not necessarily i didn't even think about that but yeah you're right you know and it's funny because later they do the whole everyone's a suspect thing but it's like why though yeah Yeah. exactly i don't i I there's a couple people yeah i don't even know (laughs) y'all like i don't don't even get to know you you're clearly not the killer (laughs) and if you were it would be so disappointing yeah um and one thing i did read it was i haven't been able to confirm it's one thing i did forget to research so please i apologize Uh um i've heard rumors since this film was released that in, in the original screenplay Amber and Tara were a couple, which I think would honestly work better for me. It, yeah, I would have honestly loved that, and we'll we can you know talk about it later. Yeah. But yeah. I would have loved that. I yeah. don't know why they didn't keep that. Me neither. But worse than the girlfriend repellent dig, Liv notices Vince Schneider, played by Kyle Gallner, <coughs> resting on his car across the street. He is clearly not of high school age no and he is okay <laughs> it's it's matthew mcconaughey and days and confused one thousand yeah. percent like clearly yeah and <laughs> look i love kyle gallman i was gonna say we we have to we have to say how great he is yes. because i feel like he is so underutilized in this i agree i will get to exactly why and we'll also get to why i totally understand okay yeah in a bit but because it's disappointing to me right is. now it's funny too because they're like they point him out and he like blows a kiss <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I, I feel bad oh, you're, uh, yeah. you're doing too much like, calm dude. down dude <laughs> I like the dude, and it's like, oh, yeah. no, <laughs> don't do that. You are so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but Liv doesn't seem happy about seeing him, and Chad asks if that's the guy that she hooked up with last summer. Liv says that it is, and that he worked with her and Tara. 
Amber immediately takes notice of that fact, as Liv says that he's been stalking her on Instagram the past couple of weeks and posting creepy comments. Red herring. Yeah. Mindy smartly takes a photo of him as he blows a kiss to Liv. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dude. Dude, come on now. But Chad pumps his arms, saying it may be time to introduce Vince to Hobbs and Shaw. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I wrote down in my script, I said, I don't like this joke but I can't think of a better joke. <laughs> so we'll let it slide. Just don't make one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Liv says that it isn't a good idea to be so confrontational, but before they can do anything at all, Vince spits his gum at them before getting back into his car. Liv squeezes Chad's arm, and we see that it's covered in bruises. Amber takes notice, remembering that the police said that Tara fought back hard. Chad says that they're from football practice, and Amber just sarcastically answers, yeah, sure. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Red herring. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But just then, Wes gets a text from Tara in the hospital, and the entire group heads out except for Liv, who says that she can't. Chad kisses her goodbye, and the group of friends head to the hospital. When she says that she can't, uh, Wes looks her fucking up and down. (laughs) It was hilarious to me. (laughs) Well, he's starting to get suspicious. (laughs) Yeah. I Look, I... Don't mind this scene at all. We're going through the new dynamics of this group. Mm-hmm. This feels like the fountain scene. Yes. And so I appreciate it. Right. I will say the first time that I watched this film, because of this scene, I already know who one of the killers is. And that is a bummer. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a real oh, bummer. Oh, no. Yeah. Like... We'll talk. Yeah. But I was like, oh. <laughs> it's when that happens and you're like, no, 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 please, please, yeah. please. Trick me, trick me. <laughs> I was not tricked. Not at all. <laughs> but in a Prius on their way to Woodsboro, Richie confesses to Sam that he's actually never seen Stab before. To Sam's incredulity, he says that he's never seen Gone with the Wind either, but he doesn't consider it that big of a deal. It was at this moment that I realized I've also never seen Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And I've also only seen the opening to Stab. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've only seen the opening to Stab as well. We need to fix this. Um, But I was surprised that she was surprised when Tara had barely even seen it. That's true, too. But whatever. Well, Well, we've seen a little bit of what was that? Stab 3 in the theater? Yeah, that is true. That's true. They showed a little piece of that. (laughs) What was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. We were there in pre-production, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Sam explains that the events of Stab are based on things that happened in Woodsboro. She says a guy named Billy Loomis and his friend murdered a bunch of high schoolers while wearing a ghost mask. Once again, Billy Loomis is name dropped mm-hmm. and Stu is relegated to and his friend. Yeah. yeah. It's the Gilligan's Island and the rest. Yeah, exactly. Situation. That was Gilligan's. I've never watched that show. It was <laughs> Thank you. I know the skipper. And Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do you only know that because of the Blair Witch Project? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep this thing rolling. Um, <laughs> Richie asks if she means like Halloween, but Sam says no. But Richie insists that it sounds a lot like Halloween, and Sam finally relents that it does. But she says that every decade or so, some asshole decides to don the ghost face garb and go on a killing spree. The last time was in 2011. Richie's like, and we're going to Woodsboro? Which is a great question. But again, you volunteered. Yeah, but he didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Richie's great, guys. Look. (laughs) 
But Sam says that they have to make sure Tara's okay. And Richie agrees, but he says that he's going to make sure that they don't get sliced up by some guy who saw Friday the 13th too many times and dug on Jason's solid ideas. But he has one question. Why would someone wearing that mask want to kill Tara? As they cross into the Woodsboro city limits, Sam quickly says that she doesn't know and just stares at the window. I think she obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she has an I idea. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a yes. Are you sweating? <laughs> <laughs> the AC's on full blast. <laughs> but they eventually arrive at the hospital, entering Tara's room to find her in bed with Amber, Wes, and the twins seated next to her. Chad, we see, is wearing the exact same Letterman jacket as Steve Orth from the original. That's fucking uh, cool. Yeah. All right. It's the I, same school. Exactly. I, I and they have the same school colors. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I wanted to come in because I saw a little featurette. Uh, the costume designer Emily Gunshore. Mm. She did a lot of really small things where they're hinting at other characters from the past. That's yeah. really cool. That's a big one. Um, Tara's sweater, like shirt, sweatshirt, was meant to kind of resemble. Casey Becker's sweater. Mm-hmm. All right. Just being a different color. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, these little nods, you can tell it's made by people who care. Yeah. 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 And, and she's making a... something on the stove. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't mean to yell at you, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam kneels beside Tara, and Tara is very surprised to see her there. Sam kneels. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. Well, fuck that. <laughs> But she introduces Tara to Richie, who says it's nice to meet her. Sam hugs Tara's surrounding friends, except Amber, but thanks Wes for calling her. She then introduces them all to Richie, saying that she used to babysit all of them. Okay. What? (laughs) I don't know why things are weird with Amber. I mean, I guess we kind of get an explanation later, but I I don't know. I don't love... I I don't know. Go ahead. Continue. Is it the dynamics? Is it what? Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't... (laughs) I think I have the same problem. Something's wrong. I don't know. I feel like maybe it's too, maybe it's too much for things that we find out later. Okay. It's like, I don't know. I will say that it, that adds another layer because now in Scream 4, when Judy's doing all that stuff, Sam is at her house babysitting Wes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> we don't know that. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't know that. Not yeah. But I mean, it, 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 it fills in the gaps. Yeah. It's fine. It, there's levels here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a big universe. <laughs> but things are a little tense and awkward when Sam finally says hello to Amber. But Richie kindly introduces himself to her, and Amber just gives him a quick hi. Sam asks Tara where their mother is, and Tara says that she's stuck at a conference in London. Amber lets it slip that she called Tara for all of 10 minutes. So she went to the same parenting classes as Mr. Prescott. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> You're not going to come here. She yeah. was almost murdered. I'll see you in a week. <laughs> well, yeah. It's a really important trip. It's, yeah. This is wild. You did, did you hear I'm in London? Yeah. <laughs> right? Cheerio. <laughs> M- Mom? Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) But Amber says that Tara is tired and could probably use some space. They all turn to leave Tara alone, but she asks Sam to stay behind. I'm glad she did because I'm like, some space. (laughs) I've been here for 30 seconds. That was the funniest. uh, (laughs) We should get out of here except for you and you can stay. Twins, you can stay. You can stay. Maybe but. the rest of us should yeah. leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but that leaves me. You yes. can uh, go. Well, exactly. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? 
But Sam tells Tara that if it's okay with her, she'd like to stay the night with her, and Tara looks very pleased to hear this. Sam looks up at Amber, who leans down to Sam, asking her if she has her extra inhaler. I told you. Mm-hmm. But Tara says that she'll be okay. Amber leaves without even looking at Sam, and Richie exits too to give the sisters some time alone. As soon as the door closes, Tara breaks down, telling Sam that she was so scared. So real quick before we move on, Tara's very comfortable for someone who just got fucked up. It was, mean, she's just mean, like, sitting physically? there, yeah, <laughs> sitting there, doesn't look, she looks a little tired, but that's it. She was, I think, stabbed five times? Yeah, oh no, yeah. yeah. Sitting up just fine, there's no, you would be hurting like a motherfucker. Yeah. This is the next day? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> she's been through, I think, two surgeries? Yeah. She's fine. She's no, yeah. great. I mean, yeah. yeah. What hospital is this? <laughs> <laughs> but later at a nearby bar, these high school students hang out together playing pool. Yeah, I was, uh, who let them in there? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something off of Sunny, dude. Like just <laughs> yeah. They're kids. Yes. What are you doing here? There comes a moment later that's very funny to me because they're like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have we done? Um... <laughs> Because I don't see a bracelet. I don't see any stamps. Not no. at all. This doesn't even look like that kind of place. No. This yeah. is, you know what I mean? This is like rugged. I just worked and I, 16 hour shift. Yes. Yeah. This is the Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> we just Roseanne got off of uh, <laughs> our shift at Wellman Plastics. <laughs> what are these kids doing here? <laughs> but Liv is there too. And she asks the group what Sam is like because she didn't get to meet her. Chad says that she's super cool, but Amber immediately disagrees. She tells them that Sam's dad left her mom when Tara was eight and Sam was 13. And it sparked a ton of bad behavior from Sam. And then as soon as she hit 18, she left, ghosting the entire family. She admits that maybe she's changed since then, but she just doesn't want to see Tara hurt again. And I look, I can get with that. I can too. It was just funny to me that everybody knows this except for Liv. Yes. Yeah. Nobody weighs in. Nobody's like, yeah, but you know, yeah. nothing. Yeah. She used to babysit us, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam's great. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> but no. It's like when when they uh, find the orphanage in Final Fantasy VIII, they're like, sis was there for us or whatever. It's like, like what? No, they're just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody says that. No, anything. it was fucked up. <laughs> she shouldn't have She alone. left her alone. It was bad. Um, but I mean, Amber is being presented as a bit, maybe a bit overprotective. Yeah. But good intentions. Okay. Trying to protect her friend. (laughs) Yeah. We'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) Wes, though, is kind of annoyed, and he asks Amber if she's protecting Tara from her own sister. Amber says that someone has to, but Wes breaks it down. So no guys are good enough for Tara, and now her family is off limits, too. Mindy calls this motive. If Wes can't have her, then no one will, right? Wes brushes this off, and Mindy admits that in reality, they're all suspects. I was like, okay, Randy Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but only one of us is acting funny. That is, yeah, too funny. But one of us is like a mega suspect. (laughs) (laughs) There's percentages. (laughs) The rest of us are suspect with the little S. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All caps on you. (laughs) But Chad awkwardly raises his glass of soda, and Mindy then amends her statement, saying that everyone is a suspect except Liv. She's way too boring to be a psycho. 
And I don't know what that's about. Yeah, I didn't. I thought Liv's hair was cool as shit. She seemed it nice. Was, she, yeah. yeah, she seemed pretty cool. Yeah, but maybe it's just because she's dating her brother. Maybe. I guess. But it's cruel, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but out of nowhere, <laughs> sleazy ass Vince rocks up asking Liv if she wants a real drink or if she's happy sitting at the kid's table. No. Well, I don't know why he sounds like Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> Mon ami. Yeah, like, no, no, no. It's like, what? She he fucking threw a card at her? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Is this a crossover? I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> crossover? I was like, how old is this dude? I don't know. Yeah, and Should kid's she be table? at the kid's table? She has a kid. What the fuck are you talking about? It's like, you are a child. Yeah. Vince, leave. Get the fuck out of here. Just spray him in the face. <laughs> but Chad takes matters into his own hands, calling Vince uglier Michael Myers and reminding Vince that what he had with Liv was just a summer fling. Gotta be honest, these jokes aren't landing for me. No. Because no. it's not, I think, what's the first thing you think of <laughs> when you think of Michael Myers? He's ugly as fuck, right? <laughs> that's, the first, that's the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's the first thing that comes to mind. He's got a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, that's not a good... Yeah, not, no. You could pick anyone. There's so many other slashers yeah. that are frightening on sight. Yeah. yeah. In the face. He's, yeah. he's not one of them. No. He looks like William Shatner. Yeah. Not only that, how long ago <laughs> right was summer? Carey, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Was that like, is this January, February, and this was last year? Like, did her birthday pass? Was she even younger? Were you... What the oh, fuck is oh, happening? Jesus right? Oh, Jesus Christ. What are you talking even more? about? They're never clear. No. And I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. just very weird. It is very weird. Because him implying that he can buy her a drink means he's at least 21. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. He's like, we can use my AARP card. <laughs> <laughs> I get points. <laughs> this is fucking God terrible. Damn. How old is he now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> You're great. You're great. The character sucks. But yes. Yes. This is when the guys get into a shouting match and Vince <laughs> hilariously is like, Liv, let's oh go. <laughs> it's like, I fucking lost it. I at, died. At what part do you think that <laughs> she was on your side at you all? You can't. Just no reading the, the room at all. No, like, yeah. It's just in the confidence. He's like, come on, Liv. Yeah. <laughs> it stinks in here. <laughs> let's get out of here, sweetheart or whatever. But Vince pulls out a switchblade as tensions grow higher, which gets the attention of the bartender played by Brooke Barnhill. Brooke Barnhill was the location manager of this film, by the way. Oh, cool. Uh, all right. Pretty cool. But the bartender tells Vince to get out or she's calling the cops. Vince just smiles as he backs away from Chad, telling him, I'll see you soon, sweetheart. Mon ami. <laughs> <laughs> he hits him with a stab. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> 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 but the bartender also kicks out the kids, which, yeah. Well, why Why were they in there in the first place? I don't place? know. Are yeah. you guys children? <laughs> no, yeah. Not only that. Not only that. You have enough mind to know those are kids. Yes. You just watch this adult pull a knife on these kids <laughs> in your establishment. Yes. Both they all leave and at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> go together. He's going to give you a ride home. Yeah. What? what? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? I had a blade to my throat. Like, yeah. It's wild. <laughs> what the hell? What is Woodsboro, dude? Yeah. No shit. Get your shit together. <laughs> I will say that there was a deleted scene here that featured the first appearance in the film of Dewey Riley. 
Oh, okay. And I'm glad that they cut it because the scene here is that he gets involved in this altercation and Vince punches him in the face. No, what? we're not going to yeah. be doing that. We don't. We don't <laughs> yeah. introduce like a predator. <laughs> not on no, my watch. No, 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 no. But so I'm glad they cut that. Yeah. yeah. Although them cutting that also cuts another scene that is kind of unfortunate because I would have liked to see that scene. Okay. And we'll talk about it in a bit. Okay. But outside, Vince pisses on the wall of the bar. As if this wasn't enough disdain already, he lets out a fuck this bar, I man. Know, that <laughs> made me laugh out loud because I was like, why are these kids in here? And uh-huh. then I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a like a after, I don't know, like a party place or something. And then he's like, fuck this bar. I'm like, no, it's fuck a bar. bar. <laughs> yeah. They shouldn't have been in there. Also, this dude's like super classy. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, Jesus but Christ. this is this is the level of getting back at a place that only matters to you yeah, yeah. Like, only dudes yeah. like this you yeah. know what i mean like nobody's gonna be like did someone piss on yeah. it I, I pissed on it it's like cool good for you damn Vince. you're cool Vince. yeah oh, the wow. bar fills it. it's like yeah what yeah someone pissing on it? <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't like me oh wow my heart <laughs> <laughs> but in a long shot of him against the wall alone in the parking lot a blur of black whips across the camera and he had a lot to drink by the way because this goes on for <laughs> yeah <laughs> but suddenly the headlights of his car beam out at him, blinding Vince as he turns around. His engine revs, and we hear the unmistakable sound of a red right hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I loved that. Yes. I loved the appearance of red right hand. Yes. I was wondering if the headlights was a Christine reference, or if I just think that like every shot of a car like that is a, <laughs> is a Christine, is a Christine Every shot of like, I like that is a Christine. Okay, got it. (laughs) As it should be. Yes. I did want to obviously talk about Red Right Hand. Right. Every entry has featured it except for Scream 4. Mm -hmm. I will say Charlie's hand had blood on it on the window and it was red. So I didn't know if that was a little. uh... I I felt like it was. But it wasn't enough though. No, it wasn't. We need to hear the song. We need to hear Nick Cave. Yeah. At least the the, the little chime of it or something. Yeah. Maybe it's someone's ringtone. Yeah. 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 Even that. I'll take that. But for this, I I marked out pretty hardcore. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. But Vince approaches the lights, the revving of the engine continuing. He assumes that it's Chad telling him to get out of his fucking car. It's not Chad. It's Chris Hansen. (laughs) Have a seat. (laughs) But when he reaches his vehicle and Nick Cave continues to croon into the night, he finds no one there. And I got to be honest, I don't know how Ghostface did that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We were watching the whole whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But Vince leans his head into the car and shuts it off. But when he pulls his head out of the window, Ghostface stands behind him. With a quick jab, Ghostface sinks the knife into Vince's throat and pulls it out. Red Right Hand now plays over the soundtrack as Vince stumbles in confusion, bleeding out and collapsing to the ground. Backlit by headlights, Vince dies and Ghostface does their signature knife wipe. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He was a piece of shit. He was. Yeah, Yeah, no, Vince was fucking disgusting, but I was sad to see Kyle Kyle Gallner gone so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, this felt so abrupt. I really felt, I know that there's another reason later or whatever, but it really felt like this kill was just to make us think that Chad could be Ghostface. Yeah, that too. And honestly, in a weird way, if they had kept that scene in there, that Dewey is Ghostface. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> he just got tired of it. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, Kyle D- Gallner deserves better, I think. But at the same time, if you came to me 
and you said, hey, Travis, I want you to appear in a Scream movie. You're going to get killed a few scenes in, and it's going to be soundtracked by Red Right Hand. Of course. I'm doing it. Yeah. This is a dream. Yeah. yeah. So I, I get it. I totally get it. For sure. I also did like the suspense of the sequence. It was yeah. good. It, it made me think of Christine, you yeah. know, until the knife <laughs> came out. That's true. Is that Ghostface? <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Oh, I'm, this is great. <laughs> I will say that um, that's one thing that is, there is another suspenseful sequence that I think is really good. Mm-hmm. I feel like the suspense is a little lacking in this film. In the, in the majority of it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I miss that because there are so many good sequences in the franchise, mm-hmm. you know? I, I don't know. Yeah. But Sam wakes up abruptly next to a sleeping Tara. The way that this is shot, it's almost like, like she, she tripped out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, did I kill that Vince? I was like, oh, it was just a dream. <laughs> but Richie sits across the room from her in a chair, his headphones in and his phone out. He checks in on her and she says that she just had a bad dream. But when she asks what he's watching, he reveals that he found Stab on Netflix. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually think that Stab is only on Paramount Plus right now. I was right going to say. <laughs> I'm surprised. But okay, yeah. like, okay oh, Richie, whatever. We love the script. We have one note. Yeah. <laughs> but he says that he just wants to be prepared. Sam doesn't really react one way or the other and heads out to get something to eat. We find her in the hospital break room, opening her bottle of prescription pills at a sink. She takes a couple more, getting a drink of water from the faucet. But when she returns to the mirror... And in a hallucination, she sees Billy Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich, standing behind her, wearing the wounds of the last time we saw him in the original Scream. We don't have to go on, you know. We can end it right here. Like, we don't have to keep talking about the movie. God. <laughs> I think that, I, I do not like this. I will be honest with you. I, I, I was very conflicted emotionally in theaters because I jumped when I see. Well, yeah. Skeet Ulrich. Ulrich. Yeah, it, it, that's very exciting. But then at the same time, you're like, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. For me. No. Yeah. This wasn't. I, I agree. I think the best way that they could have. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's a little cheap, honestly. For her to be taking pills and having... I mean, I don't know. I felt like it was low-hanging fruit and they just grabbed it. That's kind of what it felt like to me. This was one of their original jumping off points that both of them, both Guy Busick and James Vanderbilt came to together. They said that the new main character needs to be the daughter of Billy Loomis. Why? Um, You have to ask them. (laughs) I, I don't... I feel like if you're going to do that, if you're going to go back and change... Because I'm like, you were fucking cheating on Sydney. Like, See, he's, he's yes. running around killing people, but I'm like, you cheated also- on Sydney Prescott? <laughs> that's worse. <laughs> you motherfucker. That's even worse. And I will say that hasn't been revealed yet. We'll get to that in just a minute. Right. But the thing is, is that it really does kind of put the whole timeline into a bit of confusion. That's yeah. the thing. If you're going to do that, you need to go back and make it very clear how that happened, yes. when that happened, and we don't get that at all. No, yeah. and we need to know who the hell Tara and Sam's mom is. Yeah, I was yeah. super waiting for it to be revealed that it was one of the mean girls in the bathroom. That's what I, yes. Uh, when Sydney was hiding in the stall and she's like, where do you get this shit? Or whatever. <laughs> I, that's, You're pathetic. I was like, oh, that's that's their mom, yeah, for sure. that's what and I thought. No, I no. mean, we, maybe, I mean, fucking, yeah. but it's never revealed. No. And I feel like if you're going to go back and drop a bomb that big, that had to have happened during the original, right? Yeah, it's the timeline of it. Then, you know, 
Yeah. And that, I mean, and also the character arcs of Sydney and Billy changed then. Yeah. Yes. Because that was kind of their whole relationship dynamic was based around that thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, it, I mean, I don't know. I, I will say it's very interesting. We all love to see Skeet Ulrich. Um, they had said on commentary that they consulted with Kevin Williamson about this specifically. Mm-hmm. And he told them, he said, look, I really love the screenplay. This one thing doesn't feel like Scream, but that's exactly why you have to do it. That's what he told them. I mean, okay. Uh, all right. I, I, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if Kevin right. Williamson like did, then yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I just, I, um, you I, live in a mansion. I yeah. don't. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I will say that this wasn't a, what the fuck? Like I was still on board for sure. I think for me, it was as the, what happens as the movie goes on with it. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a problem for me because if you're going to do that, we could have done this a different way. Yes. And it would have played better. Yeah. But I'm saying initially, I'm like, okay, let's see. Yes. And let's see where you're going with this. Right. I do remember the first time I watched it, I like jumped. Yeah. And I was like, that's actually very intriguing Mm -hmm. to see. Let's see where you go with this. Exactly. Yeah. May not be where I wanted to go. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But. Billy asks Sam how she's doing and notes that her antipsychotics aren't working as well as they used to. She just replies, fuck you. Billy tells her that he's just trying to help and that she can't run from who she is. He asks when she's going to tell Tara why all this is happening, and Sam just stares silently. Billy disappears as Sam's phone rings. I realize we just gave up the ghost. Like We're just like, yeah. is her dad? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. We'll get to that. Can, yeah. we, can, we, can we talk about the fact that if she would have had her dad's last name, her name would be Sam Loomis? Yes, we can. <laughs> and I have that here as well. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I love or hate that. I yeah, love it. I I'm not gonna lie. I don't know. We all love Sam Loomis. Yeah. Yes. And also Psycho. He's all right. Halloween yeah. Sam Loomis. Of course. Is prime Sam Loomis. Yeah. But um, I did want to say I, I heard on commentary that this was some of the last things that they actually filmed. Okay, was Skeet Ulrich's I guess quasi cameo. Yeah, parts. It was filmed with green screen, oddly. Okay, and they did a bit of makeup, but they also digitally de-aged him a little bit. Obviously, yeah. I feel like I've seen we at Texas Frightmare. We saw Skeet Ulrich in real life. Oh yeah, I feel like he looks more like 1996 Billy Loomis in real life than what they yeah. did to him. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So I was a little confused. Yeah, it was. I, I don't want to say Uncanny Valley, but I'm like, you look more like yourself in, in mm-hmm. person. Yeah. yeah. So I was a little. I don't know. But Sam answers her phone as we hear the hospital staff call a code blue in the ICU from outside the door. The caller ID on her phone reads, maybe Amber Freeman? And we already know that her phone was cloned, so. Yeah. Sam answers it, and Ghostface responds, hello, Samantha. Sam asks who it is, and they reply that it's someone who knows her little family secret, which we already gave away. (laughs) (laughs) What what family secret? That's weird. We'll find out. (laughs) But Sam asks if they're the one who hurt Tara, and they assure her that Tara isn't the only person they're going to hurt, and this was the only way to get her to come back to Woodsboro. Sam calls them out, saying if they want to fuck with her, then come and get her. The voice responds, with pleasure. Just like in Scream 2, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Suddenly, 
The door to the break room closes, revealing Ghostface standing behind him. Yeah. What? <laughs> Stop. So he was at full volume. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay, because the same thing happened with Tara. Yes. Now you can argue again that there's more than one, but the way that they're speaking, hey, the other yeah, one I'm talking yeah. to you. It's like, are you in the break room? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do they only hear the voice through the phone? Yeah. <laughs> Not in real life. I don't know. Did she have her AirPods <laughs> in? Or? Are you behind the door? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a tussle ensues Ghostface missing wildly with the knife and sam using a hospital chair to keep them at bay i did laugh because ghostface is trying to stab the shit out of that chair yeah (laughs) it's like why isn't this working (laughs) but she knocks them down with the table and rushes out of the room running right into deputy vinson telling him that someone tried to kill her in the break room vinson heads inside gun drawn but of course there's no one there he looks at her like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, door, the door's open on the other side of the room, and there was clearly a scuffle in here. Yeah. They don't even, <laughs> Shit's all over the floor. Yeah. They don't even further investigate. No. That was it. <laughs> but sometime later, Judy interviews Sam, mentioning that she has the crime scene at the bar, and now this. Judy says that the call came from Amber's phone, but Amber, who is also there with Tara and Richie, reminds her that the killer cloned her phone. Richie suggests that there's an easier answer. Amber is clearly the killer. Judy turns her suspicion to Richie, though, asking him where he was when Sam was attacked. He says that he was watching Netflix, which Amber facetiously calls a super solid alibi. As it turns out, Amber was with Judy, along with Tara's other friends, getting questioned at the station. That was actually the scene that we missed that was also cut. Oh, oh okay. being them being interviewed. Yeah, and most importantly, Dewey being interviewed by Sheriff Judy because he was there. Mm. All right. He just got into a fight with Vince and now he's dead. And so it was nice to see them have a little character moment. Yeah. Yeah. So it sucks to miss that. Yeah, because we don't see them together at all. No, yeah. Not at all. But Judy says that she'll move Tara to her private floor and increase security. She promises Tara will be safe, and Sam asks, like we've been so far? Judy asks Sam to step outside. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In the hall, it's clear that the two have history, what with all the trouble that Sam used to get into. Judy says that Sam's presence isn't helping and suggests that when the sun comes up, Sam and Richie can hit the bricks and leave the work to the people who actually care about Woodsboro. Listen, (laughs) I feel like everybody is very hostile at her for leaving when she was of legal age to leave. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people move away. They do. Um, I think my thing that's the biggest thing is uh, everyone's a suspect, Judy. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, you two crazy kids get out of here. <laughs> no shit. Y'all burn off. It's yeah. Like, it's like one of them could have done this. <laughs> I, I know it's nitpicky, but for me with this, I know it gets brought up a few times throughout the film. I don't know what she did. So really what you're saying doesn't have any weight on me. That's what you're I mean. not explaining. I don't have backstory. What did she do so wrong? She stole a pack of cigarettes or something. Tell us or give us something yeah, for she, me to be like. She was out of control. Yeah. That's all we yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. That was it. What does that mean? I don't know. It means a lot of things. Yeah. To different people. What, yeah. That would in, in a in a town like Woodsboro. All you really need is one incident where it's like, oh, that's the girl that blank. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even if you have one thing that she did, that would have I think that would have gone a long way. It would have. I think the other thing, though, is that. I don't I don't see why it would matter if if Sam did anything. They'd be like, well, at least she didn't kill like fucking eight people. Yeah, yeah no that's shit. Sure. You know? <laughs> Could have been a lot worse. The bar yeah. is not set very high in Woodsboro. Yeah. <laughs> 
she was caught drinking. Nope. Yeah. So no, I don't know. But Judy walks away with excellent posture, but Sam returns. <laughs> <laughs> it was I can, I will never. I can't. But Sam returns to Tara's room and asks for a moment alone with her sister. Amber mockingly says, "Come on Netflix, let's go." and leaves with Richie. Well, they have a little playful relationship yeah. already. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah huh. nobody's closer than uh I am to my best friends sibling's partner that you met today that i yeah. met today <laughs> Just there is no yeah. closer bond no not at all nicknames <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh well but sam struggles to find the words after they leave finally asking tara if she remembers when their dad left tara kind of does but she's confused as to why sam's bringing it up now sam reminds her of boxes that their mother used to keep in the attic she says that she was up there once when she was 13 looking for Christmas presents, and she found her high school diaries. She knew that their mother had gotten pregnant with her when she was in high school, so she wanted to read about the beginnings of their parents' relationship. Instead, she found out that it wasn't romantic. Their mother was dating their father, but she was in love with someone else, and he got her pregnant. Their mother lied, saying that the baby was their father's, but Sam finally knew the truth. She says she found her mother in her bedroom and screamed at her, showing her the diary, and she had no idea at the time that her father was standing right behind her. He did not know this news at all, and that's why he left. Sam says that after that, her mother never forgave her and made her promise to never tell Tara the truth. This is why Sam got so distant with Tara and why she devolved into bad behavior, drug use, and eventually left Woodsboro. But she says it wasn't just because she destroyed their family that night, but it was because she found out who her real father was. It was Billy Loomis. <laughs> I can't believe I said that for the first yeah. time. <laughs> what? Yeah. Regardless, though, like we wouldn't have already known. Like we that would, I. Why else? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Well, <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of feelings. But she says that somebody knows, and that's why someone attacked Tara. Sam apologizes tearfully for leaving her sister alone, but Tara just tells her to get out. When Sam continues to plead her case, Tara repeats, Sam, get the fuck out. Sam finally exits, leaving a stunned and confused Tara alone in her bed. Why are you mad at me? Yeah. I don't I... know. Like, this was so, this was such a weird reaction yeah i think I'm she's got to be mad at someone uh, come on uh, dude what? i don't know oh, her mom's fucking eating beans and toast i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i think um i think being lied to in general you're gonna have a lot of uh emotions about that but i don't know what sam did that's yeah, that, that this what? does i don't know i feel like i understand that tara's still a teenager or whatever but it's not like she's five. And she, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. This did not. I would not react to you this way if you yeah, came to me with this news. That, I would hope not. That's well, that's the thing, really. And I hate saying it, but that's not your fault. That's your mom's fault. Yeah. That has nothing to do with you. Plus, you left because you felt so bad. And any strain so that that's sucked. between us, you right. just explained it. Yeah. I don't. I and apologize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we were supposed to sympathize with Tara here, but it just made me like kind of not like her. 
Oh no, yeah, it made me not like her at all. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, th- no, I, I was, didn't. <laughs> clearly, she is traumatized. Yes, and you're like, no, fuck you, get yeah. out. That's a little harsh. She drove all the way here to make sure you're okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. All of this was, I didn't, I, I don't the know. reaction here. Yeah, it was weird. Was very weird to me, and I didn't, I didn't like this. She clearly loves you. Yeah, yeah, she came over here. Yeah, she's here with you now. Even if she left, like you just said, she explained to you why she left. So it wasn't like, well, I accidentally, whatever. It's like, no, no, no. I found out something. It really hurt me. Yeah. And I had to go. Uh-huh. And you know who didn't come back to check on you? Mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't. Yeah, mom. Yeah, Mommy, she, did yeah. I come back? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I, I know. This made me kind of side eye Tara because I thought this was and really shitty. Literally all she did was find a diary. And then have a reaction to that. Yeah. yeah. And so now you carry the guilt of feeling like you caused your parents divorce. Uh-huh. You caused your dad to leave. Your biological dad is a fucking serial killer. And you have to keep this all inside and keep your mom's secret. That's a lot. Yeah. Like you're the victim yeah. here. But fuck you. But fuck yeah. you the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, and, and again, dude. you're screaming awfully loud and moving around a lot for oh. someone who's She's just like, oh, got, my stitches. <laughs> yeah, just got <laughs> carved up real good. She Isn't that? presses a button or <laughs> yeah. something. She never did. No. Um, <laughs> and I got to say, why didn't her mom burn that diary? <laughs> it's got yeah. a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of information in there. That's a very incriminating. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll keep it in the house. <laughs> Write it in code or something. Yeah. yeah. It's a pig Latin. I can't read. <laughs> what the fuck this says? Nobody can crack pig Latin. Illy Bay Umisway. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh well. What the fuck is that? <laughs> What's for dinner, mom? <laughs> <laughs> I did want to say though, because there was a lot of things that I read and a lot of things that I thought personally when I first saw the film. Right. Scream. 2022 it comes out in 2022 so of course you're going to start doing some math Mm -hmm. and so i was looking at it and i was like okay if sam left when she was 18 she's been gone for five years she's 23 now that would have her being born in 1999 three years after billy loomis died and so i was really confused but when you look at it some of the production was postponed because of the pandemic this was filmed in 2020 so it does shake out so that criticism can go by the wayside. All right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. It's, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> but Sam heads out into the hall and bumps into Richie. She asks if he was listening at the door, which he at first denies and then immediately cops to. She asks if it freaks him out that her real father was a serial killer. And he says that it really does. A great deal. Thanks. <laughs> I look... Best <laughs> every every line reading of Jack Quaid is the best possible line reading. I this is great, great work. But Richie says that he isn't leaving her. Sam asks if he knows the part in horror movies where you want to yell at the characters to be smart and get the fuck out because this is exactly that part. But Richie just takes her by the hands and tells her that he's staying and that he loves her. She says that he's such a dumbass and he agrees. <laughs> But he soothes her and asks what their next move is. Sam suggests they talk to an expert. (gasps) Mm. (laughs) Somewhere in Woodsboro, inside of a trailer home, the camera pans over a picture from the past and the ashes of his fallen sister to find Dewey Riley, played by David Arquette. We love to see it. That's doofy. Oh, come on. (laughs) Nay's just glaring. (laughs) I got to say, I'm sure this has been said a million times, but I came by it independently. Um, If Sydney is the soul 
of the Scream franchise, Dewey is the heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I just I love this character so much. And then just seeing him. This is what I'm talking about, about the waves of nostalgia you feel watching this film. Right. Just seeing them back as these characters. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Oh, no. Yeah. It It is good to 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 have them back. And then yeah. him, especially since he is, like you said, a lot of to what goes into the movie for mm-hmm. sure without him it would i feel like it would be a different movie absolutely if there was just no dewey at all it would be weird definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> <laughs> but he grabs a bite of food from the refrigerator but spits it out into the sink when he discovers it's way past its prime as the news on the television details the murder of vince and the attack on sam dewey pours himself a cup of coffee and sits down on the couch Realizing what time it is, he immediately switches the channel to another morning news show, broadcasting live from New York City. It's Good Morning with Gail Weathers. We see Gail Weathers, played by Courtney Cox, seated behind her desk with the New York skyline behind her. Dewey smiles to himself, leaning back to watch the show. I'm gutted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm broken. (laughs) This is not what we wanted. No. No. I I think that's the thing for me is that as as much as I love obviously seeing the characters again, how we see them is very upsetting. It's not what I wanted. No, they didn't consult us. They didn't. Got time to call Kevin Williamson. (laughs) (laughs) But us? Podmortem? Wow. So weird. Phone never rings. (laughs) But Dewey's morning is interrupted by a knock on his door, and he spills his coffee all over himself. He tells whoever it is to go away. But at his door is Sam and Richie, who say that they just want to ask him a few questions. Dewey says that he doesn't give interviews, and asks Sam to give him one good reason why he should talk to her. She tells him the reason. She's Billy Loomis's daughter. Dewey opens the door telling her that that's a terrible reason for him to talk to her. <laughs> <It really is. laughs> I feel like I would... I would have more questions than that. Yeah. And plus, don't they know each other? Oh, shit. Yeah. Wouldn't they know each other? Yeah. They're, yeah. He's like, didn't you used to babysit for shit? For, <laughs> <laughs> for, for Deputy Judy? Judy? <laughs> I'm just saying I would be like, no, Bob is your father. What are you talking yeah, about? You know? That's true. Um, yeah. Because he would know her mother. He he's would like, know yeah, you your mom was a real bitch. In <laughs> Talk shit about my friend in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel like we're forgetting our ties okay, here that's yeah. true just because she left woodsboro doesn't mean she's not from there exactly yeah. and i think we do forget that a little bit yeah. that's a really good point just saying yeah. god damn just saying because she does sam introduces herself yeah and she tells him what happened to her and her sister and she says that she knows that he knows what that's like and she tells him that she's just trying to protect her family that gives me a good moment to acknowledge again tatum's ashes yeah because yeah. th- i think there was one line in scream 2 there was one line from the killer in scream 3 but outside of that nobody really talks about tatum yeah and tatum for having we had such a short time with her yes tatum was fucking great absolutely yeah so, she was in the movie yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like she would just pop in for like she was two her seconds best at time. friend yeah. yeah and had one of the most iconic kills in the first Absolutely. film yeah so i mean it's it's very good and that's again what i'm saying about this clearly being made by fans yeah, yeah. they know what the fans want yeah i also felt like it was kind of cruel for her to be like um my sister was attacked and yours is dead so like can you talk to me like that's true. It's yeah. like why the fuck would you say that to somebody we're basically best friends yeah, yeah. plus like 
decorum. A little. <laughs> it's like, no. that's fucking rude. Yeah. There, there should be a little more uh, sensitivity. Yeah. yeah, something. But no, she's like, let me inside. <laughs> <laughs> We're bonded. But Sam says that all she's asking for is five minutes of his time. Dewey meets her almost halfway with two minutes because he says that he's missing a show that he likes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's heartbreaking. But Dewey does invite them inside and he shuts off the television. Before he does, though. <laughs> I was like, y'all know what you're oh, doing. Yeah. Gail says <laughs> that if she ever wants bangs as a hairstyle again, someone should stage an intervention. <laughs> they really should. Yeah, that, was, that was great. <laughs> but Richie recognizes Gail on the television, asking if she and Dewey were, and Dewey just says, Yeah. <laughs> you're just gonna be crying for the rest of the yeah. film <laughs> the whole rest of the film that's it hey you don't have to read it i got it <laughs> <laughs> but they sit down together and dewey is immediately suspicious of richie asking sam how long she's known him and if he knew who her father was before they met or expressed any interest in woodsboro or the ghost face killings sam says that she's known him for six months and that richie didn't know Dewey says that the killer is obsessed with the stab films, and there are certain rules for surviving a stab film. He should know. And rule number one is to never trust the love interest. They seem loving and supportive until act three, when they're trying to rip your head off. Richie is offended, asking if he has to take this from shitty Sam Elliott, which is like, come on. Watch your mouth. (laughs) Watch your mouth. Yeah. I am not saying that I would distance myself from Richie after Dewey said that, but I'm not not saying that. <laughs> yeah. I trust Dewey. Yeah. Dewey has been through enough. Yeah. But Dewey just continues to rule number two. The killer's motive is always connected to something in the past. Sam says that it must be her relation to Billy, but Richie says that that doesn't explain Vince's murder, which it doesn't. Dewey shares rule number three, which he says is the most important. The first victim always has a friend group that the killer is a part of. I thought about that and I was like, well, I guess it's technically true in three. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say they're friends. So I was yeah. going to say you're going to lose, yeah. we'll allow it. <laughs> but Dewey asks about Tara's friends and says to look for the killer there. If she can find out why they're doing this, they can figure out who's next. Sam asks for his help directly, but Dewey isn't about it. He says that he's been stabbed nine times, has permanent nerve damage, and a limp. Sam reminds him that he just said that it always goes back to the past, so if she's in danger, that means he is too. Dewey just tells her that her time is up, and we cut to him abruptly slamming the door with Sam and Richie outside. (laughs) (laughs) Richie says that Dewey is way more fun in the movies and asks Sam what their next step is. Sam says that they need to talk to Tara's friends, and so they head out. But back inside the trailer, Dewey continues watching Gail's show, and she teases her next segment. The pros and cons of reuniting with old friends. Aww. <laughs> a little on the nose. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dewey takes this to heart, though, reaching for his cell phone and after taking a breath, dials a number. Along a boardwalk by the water, somewhere far away from Woodsboro, we find Sydney Prescott, played by Nev Campbell. Woo! Yeah. Hooray. She's out for a morning jog with a stroller when her phone rings and she picks it up. The music swells as she turns to face the camera. It's Sydney Prescott. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all very excited. <laughs> Joy fills her face as she recognizes Dewey's voice and tells him that she's out for a run before she has to take the kids to school. 
I don't know what time you have to get up to do something like that. That sounds yeah. That is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't imagine that being my life. Like, <laughs> dude, a whole ass run. Yeah. She's incredible. Well, we knew that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but she asks how he is, and he lies that he's doing really good. But he asks how Mark is, and Sydney jokes that she thinks she'll keep him. So, Mark. Yeah, Detective Kincaid. All right. From Scream oh, Three. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't he even didn't, catch that. I, I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel like he earned it, but whatever. No. <laughs> but I remember at the end of three, his arms in a sling, and he's like, "We're gonna watch a movie." Or yeah, whatever. Oh yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But right. then he's not even yeah, in four. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like I, she's very private about her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Sydney asks Dewey how the whole sheriff business is going, and he says that it's fine. And when he's asked, tells Sydney that he hasn't talked to Gail in a couple of years. As she tries to continue that subject, Dewey interrupts her, telling her that it's happening again. Some idiot in a ghost face mask. Three attacks, one dead. He tells her that something about this one just feels different, though. And in all honesty, it really doesn't. It <laughs> actually feels very close. Yeah, the, the film does. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do. I would have preferred that it did feel different in one particular way, mm -hmm. and also felt very familiar in one particular way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um. I feel like Sydney, having been through what she's been through in the life that she has led. Uh huh. I feel like when Dewey called her, she would have felt like something was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she's like, oh hey you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know that struck me as like uh, that didn't very much ring true to her character i guess and i i really like that she has this new life and she's moved on so maybe that's it and she's just like i, I that's over that yeah. chapter's over. i don't know but it just does make me sad that her dewey and gail have drifted so far apart from each other that they don't yeah even keep contact like that real that makes me i don't like that reality that's one thing they talked about in the screenwriting process mm -hmm. is they and they were kind of correct in a way, I guess. They were saying that in Scream 4, it didn't feel like 10 years had passed since Scream 3. Everybody kind of fell into exactly what it was before, which personally, as a big fan of the dynamic, I'm fine I with like that. that. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to exactly. be. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but what they said for this is they wanted you to feel that 10 years and they wanted to entice these actors back by giving them something different to do, which I respect, but it's not what I would have done. Yeah. No, I mean, in my mind, even if we all live in different places, we get together once a year and we have yeah. a drink for all, all of our friends and family that exactly. we've lost yeah. because it's a lot at this point. Cause didn't she like leave know. the back door open or some shit? Yeah. She's, yeah, like, she's moved on. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah I love the, the fence was unlocked. I mean, what the yeah. fuck? Well, and then Scream 4 happens. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe she doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> like, I should have locked that fucking door. <laughs> but Sydney asks if he's okay, and he says that he is and that she knows him, which Sydney says is exactly why she's asking. He says that he just wants her to be safe and asks if she has a gun. She tells him, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> I read that that was Nev Campbell's idea. Oh, I love yeah. that even more. <laughs> but Dewey says that that's good. And Sydney asks if Gail knows. Dewey says that Gail is his next call, but he asks her to promise him that no matter what she sees or hears on the news, she will not come back to Woodsboro. Sydney says that she has no plans to ever step foot in Woodsboro again, but she says that whoever this killer is after, 
she's glad that they have Dewey to protect them. Dewey's like, I just sent her away. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I slammed the door in their face. <laughs> <laughs> the guilt. Oh, my guilt. <laughs> but she tells him with emotion in her voice to just be safe. She says it was good to hear his voice and they get off the phone. So I have to tell you something a little heartbreaking for me personally. Mm -hmm. I learned on commentary that these two scenes were filmed two weeks apart. And so they weren't even on the phone with each other. Oh, wow. I understand that that happens a lot when filming stuff like this, but I really would have loved if... David Arquette was on the phone with Nev Campbell. Yeah, during the scene. Don't know why they felt the need to tell us that, and I frankly I don't know why you felt the need to tell us. That. <laughs> Misery loves company. All right, because that hurt. Well, my heart is broken, <laughs> and I had to share that. I'm sorry. That's so weird. They're I would imagine that they're real friends, and you know what I they mean. They get together yeah. once a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean you know what I mean. Yeah. They've done so many of these movies together. I'm sure. I'm why sure. Why would it be a problem for you to call me? Be like, hey, let me go over the line with you real quick yeah. you're shooting right now yeah Bet. i'm sure in real life that they are i just my thing is that i understand with a shooting schedule you got to do certain things at certain times okay yeah but at the same time it's like man how cool would it have been if but, but do you, you really know had how yeah. important this is to us? yeah <laughs> did you call get your, mortem? <laughs> get your shit together <laughs> but with a ton of anxiety instead of calling her dewey just texts gail ghost faces back <laughs> don't come here the simplicity was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then. It yeah. gets even funnier. He then sends, hope you've been well. Smiley face. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> and then he immediately regrets the smiley face. <laughs> Very sadly, this broke my heart. He starts typing and he puts, I still, before deleting it and looking over to a picture of them in happier times on his mantle. I read that that was an actual picture, not of Dewey and Gale, but of Courtney Cox and David Arquette when they That's, were married. Oh, wow. That's so you heard me. I heard you right back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to say it was a, it was an added little uh, moment of sweetness. Yeah. And really speaks to Dewey as a character. Right. In his phone, he has all of his contacts. And then he switched from contacts to favorites. And it's just Gail. Oh, wow. And I was like, come on. (laughs) But he picks up a small box resting underneath the photo and opens it, revealing his old badge and service weapon. As Sam and Richie arrive at the Meeks Martin home, they hear a car pull up behind them, pistol on his hip, and his old Final Fantasy style music. (laughs) Dewey's theme. Dewey walks up the driveway to meet them. They said on commentary that they fought for that theme to be in this film really yeah because this that music wasn't done by marco beltrami it was done by hans zimmer for another film oh wow and so they had to go through all these channels in order to get it but they're like we're getting it you need it you need it and i love it but dewey tells them that he's decided to temporarily assist them in their investigation richie whispers to sam that just because dewey's showered doesn't mean that he should have a gun you watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> Richie, you've been so cool. You don't, yeah. you don't even know who you're talking about. <laughs> That's Dewey Riley. <laughs> but they head inside together anyway. The camera dips down from a painting of Randy Meeks in the living room to reveal a plaque on the mantle reading Randy Meeks Memorial Home Theater, complete with photographs and Academy Awards with his name on the plate. This was devastating. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things that it's like, it is. 
blatant fan service. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I was also like, he would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> he was in film school. He was. God. And that, that's the thing. Again, I we're the fans they're servicing. Yeah. JP may not be. Yeah, not me. <laughs> I liked it. But Richie asks Mindy how she knows so much about the Stab movies, and Dewey says it runs in their family. Mindy says that Randy was their uncle and blows his photo a kiss. I like this and I don't. I, I like it because you are honoring Randy. I don't because you're making a spectacle of it. Let him be your uncle and just be like, look, I loved my uncle. Not that you worshipped him and your whole life revolved around this shrine. Well, he was, he was dead before I, they were born. Right. So, uh, okay, then you don't even know him really. What the fuck? So you're saying like for clout? She's like, oh, yeah. oh, oh Randy was our down. uncle. Yeah. So. And he it's got a, killed by a ghost. Right. Person, so. By a ghost. <laughs> 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 he was a ghost. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's technically accurate. Yeah, it <laughs> I think I think my thing was, I, I feel like, because I am a little torn, I love the fact that they're related to Randy. Yeah. I love the fact that she's into movies like Randy was. I love the fact of them memorializing Randy in this way. Yes. I think it's just the line of her saying that here that I'm like, <laughs> but you didn't like- we, we know. Yeah. I, I feel like she is literally the Randy stand-in. Oh, for sure. So she's the stand-in. <laughs> so I feel like they really leaned into it. And I, I don't mind that, again, because... I, you know i right. love randy yeah it's for the people you know i don't mind it i don't mind it my problem is just that one line that's it no. that's everything, everything else is pizza because i do feel like his sister would would memorialize him and she would foster a love of film and you know but that was randy that was randy i think that she would also tell them everything about yeah him. so they felt like they knew him exactly but I, I am uh, fan fictioning also in my mind. Yeah, so I, know. I, don't know, I don't know how much of that is actually from this scream or how much of it is in my head. <laughs> so when they went and talked to her on the movie set, was she pregnant with them? Because how much time has passed? Since- well, that that was 23 years ago or 22 years ago. Yeah. And they're younger than that. Okay. So that okay. We're, that they're we're in fine. high school. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm Sheriff just, Judy. Was. Yeah. <laughs> was. That's, that's where we're confused. Because he should have been like six. Yeah. Right. Seven eight but i thought they're all the same age oh they are yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh, scream 3 was 2000 okay okay okay. so that's where we get a little all right all right right, right. no i understand your skepticism i'm just (laughs) it it is though it just feels like it's a bit much you didn't know your uncle i get what you're saying about his sister but even that she's there for a second and gone that's it it, 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 I probably would have liked maybe her to take over a little more and then maybe the kids be like, mom, get out of here. And then they pick up where she left off and was like, oh, it runs in the family. That Instead I, of the her just coming and you guys want some cookies? I'm Randy's sister, remember? I, Later. Remember. Yeah. And that was it. Well, that we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I think my thing that's that kind of fair. It could have fixed this and it, it isn't something that these filmmakers could have done. But if she appeared in Scream 4, Okay. Yeah. Okay. If Martha was in Scream yeah. Four and she was kind of like the Randy uh, stand-in, yeah, that's okay. true. Because I mean, introduce her, and then I'll say this. Okay. <laughs> we have <an> idea. <laughs> but the rest of the gang is here too, seated on the couch. Martha Meeks, Mindy and Chad's mother, and Randy's sister, played by Heather Matarazzo, brings out refreshments for the gang, joking, "Ooh, suspects," which like is. <laughs> It's funny, and yeah. it is a treat to see her, even though it is for a second. Absolutely. But I cannot imagine 
that this coming back and starting again is not triggering for her. Oh, it's because be. her brother was fucking murdered yeah. by, by a, a ghost face. face. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, Ooh, you guys remember yeah. it? Like that? Nah, yeah. Any anyone of you could have done it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just a little light. <laughs> yes. For what well, I would think. That's honestly an issue that comes up for me later with Mindy as a character. Not that that has to be your reaction to the events, but I feel like her kind kind of coldness to yeah the reality of what happened to her family yeah is surprising yeah and again like you said everybody's different there is no like way that anybody should react no. but i feel like the person that we met in three you know it's just my opinion i feel like she'd be a little more compassionate well she's had there's been some years to grow right? <laughs> yes. she, she's a she's different person yeah. <laughs> fair enough but Martha says that Randy would be so proud to see all of them here together, but is very surprised to see Dewey here as well. She gives him a big hug and she tells him that he looks and then she trails off. But Aww. she asks how the wife is. And before Dewey can answer, Chad excuses his mother from the proceedings and also the film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Swiftly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's I think this is the thing that shows how much Scream means to all these actors. Yeah. Because they were un- under COVID protocol. Yeah. And so Heather Matarazzo, she came here, had to quarantine for a week for this yeah and that's how much and it, it was meant. worth it yeah that's crazy i was like you know and i would love seeing her here no mm-hmm. yeah so she's I'm, great yeah but i'd like to see more yeah but sam tells the group that she had mindy invite them all here because she has something to tell them we then cut to a still photo of billy loomis on the television screen from a documentary on the true story behind the stab films they said on the commentary that there were more crime scene photos yeah for this documentary that they were going to show One of them was Stu's dead body under the television screen. Interestingly, it's not in the film. Once again, we're going to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm curious as to um, where they got this photo from. Well, uh, production stills mostly. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly. (laughs) But there's no way they could have got pictures of Billy like that. Probably not. <laughs> it's like, was he dating a photographer? Yeah. Well, not only that, those look like pictures from the end of the first movie. Oh, they are. So we're, <laughs> yeah. nobody was around during this no, happening. And it wasn't a crime scene photo. No. no. It was him looking yeah, chill. It was him. <laughs> so, him looking chill. He was. He was, He's like, he was I, smiling. I'm Skeet Ulrich. That's yeah. what he was saying. <laughs> but Chad sums it up. Sam is the daughter of Billy Loomis, and now she thinks that one of them is the killer. Chad is confused by the motive, bringing up Vince's death just like Richie did. Wes says that it doesn't have to be one of them, asking what if Dewey is the killer? Dewey asks what his motive would be, and Wes says that he's been stabbed a billion times, got dumped by his famous wife, and crawled into a bottle. Dewey suggests that Wes might be the killer. Because that cut deep. <laughs> <laughs> that that's so great. That was hilarious. <laughs> I just I of course want to just commend David Arquette. Just yeah. for being David. Arquette. Just for being David Arquette. Just as the human that he is. But Amber says that Vince is definitely connected. She just Googled him and found out that his mother is Leslie Mocker, Stu Mocker's sister. It said that on Google. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Liv asks who that is, and Dewey says that Stu was Billy's accomplice, a real Looney Tune. Once again. Yeah. Belittling. What? Yeah, These Stu motherfuckers act like cool. they forgot about <laughs> Stu. <laughs> Stu was the yeah, show. Yeah, so very cool. Know your role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, that I feel like that connection isn't even really enough of a red herring for me to say, because this never really comes up again yeah about vents yeah yeah it i think that it's enough to fuel mindy's monologue okay that's coming up yeah but after that it's like well that never needed to happen yeah but sam summarizes all three of the attacks were against people related to the original killers this is when it hits mindy the killer is making a requel and or a legacy sequel why don't we call it that instead? Yeah, it is better. It's way better. <laughs> it broke my heart to hear her say that. I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> but she asks if they remember the Stab movie that came out last year, which was apparently directed by Ryan Johnson. Knives out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? So this, okay, this, along with what's coming up next, let me explain this and then I'll go into her monologue. It makes perfect sense because Ryan Johnson directed The Last Jedi and the majority of the complaints that Mindy is about to go into. Oh. Yes. They're the really? complaints that people had about that. And that was part of a requel trilogy. Okay. I never saw. That's actually really funny then. Yes. Yeah. They even wanted to give Ryan Johnson a cameo in this film as like a little thing from, I guess, a press junket of him promoting Stab 8 or Stab whatever. Yeah. 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 And um, he was too busy filming Glass Onion. Mm. So he couldn't All do right. it. But um, it's actually very smart that they named him the director. And I didn't get it the first time I watched it. That's funny. Yeah, that that is funny. But I don't want to have to Google something to understand. The <laughs> <laughs> that was for y'all. That yeah. has nothing to do with it. It's like, well, Ryan Johnson also yeah, directed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Radio Silence. Yeah. <laughs> but Liv said that she liked The Last Stab, which Mindy says is because she has terrible taste. All the hardcore Stab fans hated it, and all they talked about was how much it pissed all over their childhoods. They elevated it and jammed in social commentary. Amber asks, what's wrong with elevated horror? Because Jordan Peele fucking rules. And she's right. <laughs> Even Mindy's like, of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> we all agree. <laughs> Jordan Peele's great. Yeah. <laughs> and she does agree, but she says that that isn't Stab. Stab movies are slasher whodunits, full stop. Amber tells her that it's just a movie, but Mindy disagrees. To some people, the original is their favorite thing in the whole world. It made them love horror and has powerful nostalgic memories attached to it. And God help anyone who slightly fucks with that special memory or disrespects it. I think we should all be listening to what Mindy has to say. <laughs> Let, her. <laughs> Let her cook. But she's, she's coming up to the lie. Yeah. Well, where I'm feeling, you know. It, it was whenever she started looking down lens and said, Travis. <laughs> I think that's when I started to get a little upset. <laughs> but Mindy says the killer is writing their own version of Stab 8, but doing it as a requel. But Mindy explains what a requel is. She says you can't reboot a franchise from scratch anymore. Black Christmas, Flatliners, Child's Play, the fans won't stand for it. But you can't just do a sequel either. You have to build something new, but not too new. It has to be part of an ongoing storyline, regardless of whether or not the story should have been ongoing at all to begin with. New main characters, but related to and supported by legacy characters. Not quite a reboot, not quite a sequel. 
like the new Halloween, Saw, Terminator, Jurassic Park, Ghostbusters, even Star Wars, she says. So I was like, so we directed both? (laughs) (laughs) But it always goes back to the original. And in a line delivered with very Kevin Williamson style cheese, Sam asks Mindy if she is in the middle of fan fucking fiction. It is. That explains everything so far. They they talked about it on commentary. They said writing that line, it was almost like an out-of-body experience with, <laughs> <laughs> with how meta it was getting. Because it Man, is. This yes. is fan fiction. Yes. It is. It, it is. is. And, the, and, and that I think that's kind of where I came crumbling down. Because <laughs> the last time I watched a movie that was fanfic that was this bad, it was Sex in the City 2. Hey, and I was like, oh please, my god! We don't, we don't talk about that. That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I. It's movie's not. It's this movie is fun, but uh-huh. it is like, it's almost. It is. It's like, dude, you're just throwing shit in here to throw shit in here. What's going on? I feel like, I mean, as much as she's talking shit about me right now, I, <laughs> literally, I feel like this. That's the thing about, and we'll get into it later. But each film that has this kind of a moment, it is very, very, very indicative of the time that the film was made. Right. Or the number of film it is in the franchise. Okay. And so I feel like the way that they did this is really the only way that they could bring this meta commentary. For sure. I agree. Okay. So kind of like, what does it matter what we make? You are going to still watch it. Well, I mean, that's kind of what they do anyway with the studios. And we will. And we will. We absolutely will watch it. But we'll complain very loudly. I was talking to him last night about my apprehensions for six. And I was like, I'm going to still buy a ticket, though. Oh, yeah. And any scream going forward. Absolutely. I'm going this weekend. No, I I will not. (laughs) Nay, you want to go? We'll go. Absolutely. (laughs) But after the fan fiction question, Mindy says that Sam isn't just in the middle. She's the star. Liv asks who's next, according to Requel rules. That's very hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. But Mindy says that if they're following the pattern, it has to be someone connected to someone from before. They all look around the room, and Dewey admits that he regrets coming here. (laughs) Yeah, well, when he said that, I was like, okay, hold on, though. If it's one of them, why the fuck are you coming over here and telling them your plan and everything that you know? Well, but they do that in every one of them. Yeah. I know, but it's the same thing. Why are you telling them everything <laughs> the, that you know? Probably not, probably the, not best the best practice now that I'm thinking I don't about know. it. No. <laughs> I don't know if detectives go to the person that they suspect and they're like, here's everything I got. It's like, we're pretty <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, we don't know if it's you or not. Yeah. <laughs> but Wes is concerned, as his mother was a character in one of the sequels. Mindy says that nobody cares about the shitty inferior sequels. But she and Chatter definitely screwed since Randy was in the original. So you don't need to come for my mom yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but Richie says that Mindy could be the killer and this elaborate monologue is just a ploy. But Mindy shares who she thinks the killer is. Sam. She says it makes perfect sense. The entire room, including Dewey, kind of agree. How? <laughs> like, Dewey, please. How does that make sense? Well, I mean, your like dad's Billy Winston. So what? <laughs> I can't say whether or not you're a killer. It's in the blood. Yeah, we well, could be. <laughs> it's flimsy. I mean, we don't know. It's really 50-50. <laughs> yeah. It could be me. I don't know. But Sam leaves the house, telling Richie that she'll meet him back at the motel. <laughs> Things got too spicy for the pepper. Uh, yeah. This killed me though because I was like, I don't even fucking know these people. You're leaving me. Here. Yeah, that's <laughs> You're true. You're taking yeah. the car. No, <laughs> I paused what the movie dick. and came in. I was like, let me ask you something. That's rude. Yeah. 
That's rude. <laughs> I think I'm gonna head back to the bowling alley, dude. Like yeah. you're fucking you treated me like shit since we got here. But he chases after her, and as she drives away, he reminds her that the first rule of these movies is to never split up. Which is not the first rule of the movies. Dewey said it was the love interest. <laughs> but all right. He's like, we don't need to worry about that rule that Dewey said. <laughs> yeah. Let's make our own rules. Sam drives away, but is visited by Billy through the rearview mirror. He's like, the nerve of that girl, right? It's like, why are you my friend? Yeah. <laughs> why are you <laughs> defending don't me? Talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> In a conspiratorial tone. <laughs> But Sam obviously isn't in the mood. He leans in, reminding her that there's a killer on the loose threatening her and Tara, asking if she's going to run away from who she is or if she's going to use it. Sam says that she isn't like him, but he tells her that she needs to accept who she is, find out who's doing this, and cut some fucking throats. Sam screams no at him and finds herself almost driving into an intersection. Minus the force ghost stuff, this kind of happened in Scream 4, the intersection thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I'm still not. Uh, I'm not completely on board. Um, I'm allowing it. <laughs> not you don't that. really All have right, a choice. No, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just watching the movie, yes. I guess. <laughs> you could say. <laughs> but at home, Judy places a sushi order on the phone for her and Wes for pickup. She scribbles a note and places it on the fridge when she hears a creaking noise behind her. She calls out, assuming it's Wes, but grabs a knife for protection and heads towards the patio. She finds the back door wide open and closes and locks it. But when she turns around, she's jump scared by Wes, who we see is wearing AirPods. He walked all the way (laughs) (laughs) into the room and like pretended like, oh shit, like I don't know. (laughs) This is a very weird scare. But she asks him if he's being safe and pulling out a taser, he says that he is to the point of being ridiculed. He was, he was ridiculed. Yeah. Yeah, he was. She doesn't care about that. (laughs) (laughs) But he asks what's for dinner and Judy tells him that she ordered sushi and is about to rush out to pick it up for them. She says to just stay home and take a shower and asks him to put away the knife that she grabbed for self-defense. She kisses him on the cheek before heading out, telling him to lock the door, which he does. I, I feel like if it's just me and Ari or just me and Jackson or whatever. Hey, come with and there's some shit going on. Hey, come with me real quick. I'm running down the street to get some sushi. Yeah. Come right back. Yeah. You know what I mean? You oh, you're sweaty from football or from whatever. You, you can be sweaty it's for fine. five minutes. Yeah. Sushi yeah. tastes the same. You'll be <laughs> sushi fine. Tastes the same. Well, whether you're sweaty or not. Yeah. That's yeah. the magic of sushi. Maybe, maybe <laughs> come with me. There's some shit going on. Only sushi. Yeah. Stays the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do also want to say, along with that, uh, you're the fucking sheriff. Yeah. And so you're probably who has been targeted a lot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Woodsboro police. <laughs> Your former co-workers were murdered in Scream 4. Yes. They were. Dewey's been stabbed too many Countless times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Countless times. This really was a bad decision. But Wes immediately starts the shower and sets his cell phone in the bathroom sink as Judy drives off to get their dinner. I'm sure that won't be a problem. Not at all. On her way, she sees a news crew setting up on the street to record some stand-ups. But her focus is taken away from that when her cell phone rings. She answers it, and a familiar voice says, Hello, Sheriff Judy. I don't know why he says it. It's so belittling. He put stank on it. Yeah. He does, and it's really hurtful. The name is Judy. It's not like, but he's so mean. (laughs) 
We've established that this ghost face, this iteration of ghost face is fucking mean. <laughs> it's a bully, really. Yeah, this is going a little too much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but she asks who it is, and they tell her that she knows, reminding her that they're a fan of scary movies and knives. They ask her, what's your favorite scary movie? But Judy says that she prefers animated films and musicals. The way she says it is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm t- some of the line readings in this. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. It's just, they don't need that information. No, they no. don't. <laughs> so you felt the need to share it anyway. Like, I don't care. Well. <laughs> but she asks why they're doing this. And they say that they're actually calling to turn themselves in. Judy texts Deputy Farney requesting a trace as she keeps Ghostface on the line. They say that they want to tell her all about the two people they've killed. When Judy reminds them that they've only killed one person, Ghostface says that by the time they see her, they'll have gutted her baby boy. So now you're making me decide between going back for my son and my sushi? Oh. Yeah. Sorry, this boy. This is the cruelest, <laughs> thing, <laughs> cruelest thing Ghostface has ever done. <laughs> but Judy flips on her sirens and busts a U-turn. She speeds back home, calling Wes, but his phone just rings on the sink as he whistles in the shower. Judy calls in units on the radio to converge on her house ASAP, and Ghostface calls her back, taunting her about the fact that she couldn't get Wes to answer the phone. Judy asks how she knows Ghostface is anywhere near Wes, and Ghostface simply asks her, Have you seen the movie Psycho? The shower scene? He was in the shower. (laughs) I told him he stunk or whatever. But we get a shot of the shower head, very reminiscent of the one in Psycho. Mm-hmm. Episode 93, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but Judy just begs Ghostface not to hurt her son. She says that he's a good kid, but Ghostface says that that isn't enough and tells Sheriff Judy <laughs> that she's not going to make it in time. Fucking <laughs> jerk. I don't know why he's doing this. <laughs> but she floors it. And I'll tell you right now, Ghostface going on and on about how she's not going to make it in time, telling her to speed up. I thought Ghostface fucked with her car. Yeah, because it really was like yeah. Ghostface okay. is like goading her into yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the car's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's tip top, dude. <laughs> Factory. <laughs> but with Wes still in the shower, Judy arrives home and runs for the front door, calling out to him. Before she reaches the porch, Ghostface lurches out from behind a plant and stabs her in the gut. It's jarring because that shot is sped up clearly. Yeah. It is, yeah, (laughs) it is. I was very confused at that, and I don't know if I was supposed to see that or not. (laughs) What kind of shoes is Ghostface wearing? (laughs) Those fucking Heelys? (laughs) He's got the the power-up on Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) Again with the Sonic. It's two weeks weeks in a row. But in the broad daylight in front of her house, Judy struggles against Ghostface, who drives the knife into her chest before stabbing her in the stomach with vicious repetition, silencing her screams. Now I know that Nay is lemon square dancing over this death. I'm not. I forgave her. Did you? I did at the top of this episode. Uh, I told, look, <laughs> you cannot be held when you have, you know, moved on with your life or whatever. You can't forever pay for your whole phase and the tribal shit you did in the whole phase she well, did nothing uh, yeah, wrong. yeah yeah she did no she did she was she, a, did. she made a pastry yeah. don't no, belittle no. what she did because you're just gonna piss me off <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to move forward she's with a very sweet co-worker she is now um <laughs> well she was now. yeah sad. Uh, rest in peace and i know that mindy said that you know her counterpart or whatever was in an inferior 
sequel or whatever i still feel like judy deserved better than this yeah because i know you weren't there from the beginning but you were there before this one Mm -hmm. i feel like it's so abrupt we barely got any time with her and it's in broad fucking daylight, yeah. which really is like insulting to your authority as the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like and this was, it was place. really cruel. <laughs> yeah. It, um, I, uh, <laughs> don't like this. Um, this is small town. Uh huh. You called in for backup on the way over here. Why is it taking them two weeks to get to your house? <laughs> in all fairness, they know where you live. The reporters are a block over. In all fairness, she was just down the street and the deputies that she put on that she called in are at the hospital with Tara. So, so they only she's have gonna, two deputies? Well, those are the people she called. Although she said all units. I don't know. Yeah. If yeah, I'm like, I think. <laughs> we, have, we have two units. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> and unit literally means one person. Yeah. That, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was just, it was, it was a really, it was really fast. Yes. She died just to die there in the front. It is broad daylight. Like it, it was, it was really weird. I was, I, it just feels like we're upping stakes here, which is okay. fine. But I, you know, just pay a little respect to yeah. these characters that were established before this one. I think that's my only thing is, yeah, me and Judy have had our problems, uh-huh. but she just does to me. She deserved better. No, I agree. Yeah. And she walked right in. Like it was, it's just yeah, almost it foolish. I would have liked her to get okay. inside the house. Yeah. All right. My, mine isn't even the kill or the, like this whole thing. That's cool. But you called for help. And if Woodsboro is that small to where a rumor can go around in 10 minutes or you can just walk wherever, why are these cops not here already? They should have pulled up why Ghostface was stabbing her. They're in the like, whatever. Yeah, nobody. Yeah. My, my only, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can say is that she barely left. So she's literally right next to her house. But the scene showed her cross a bunch of streets. Well, but it wasn't. <laughs> she was. <laughs> How far is this sushi <laughs> restaurant? <laughs> That's all I want to know. All right. Fuck it. We're moving so I, on. Like, I, I left my sushi to get stabbed. <laughs> what the fuck? Right. You could have at least let me have the fucking yeah, sushi. Yeah. Let me go get it. I lost cruel. two things today. <laughs> but Wes finally gets out of the shower and checks his phone. Seeing the missed call from his mom, he stands at the door texting her back. When he finally opens the door, we see his room. Hmm. He gets dressed and heads downstairs. As he heads into the kitchen, he hears a thud at the door, but disregards it. He sets up plates and utensils for him and his mom. Very sad. Yeah. And when he goes to snag the sauces and chopsticks from a nearby pantry, the music mounts as our view behind him is obstructed by an open door. But when he closes it, no one's there. Hmm. But Wes continues setting everything up and he opens the fridge. But when he closes it, no one's there. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm loving this suspense. It's good because really? you, you know it's coming. You just don't know when. Yeah. And so it's just mounting and mounting and mounting. Yeah, no, they did it way too many times. You're like, for get me. to the fucking Yeah, point. I'm like, come I, on already. I, I will tell you on commentary, they said this scene was three minutes longer. <laughs> <laughs> My so God. That would have been too far. He has an appetizer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Like this edamame is great. Yeah. <laughs> Where is my mother? <laughs> God damn. But as he closes the fridge, Wes notices the note that his mother left. 
Lemon squares in the fridge. Love mom. Not the lemon squares. So they're for family. She loves yeah. Now they're for family. Oh, the they whole were days all, are over. They've always been for family. No. You uh, pervert. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now that that's all lemon squared away. <laughs> that was good. Wes continues setting the table, but is startled when he hears the front door creak open. He calls out for his mom and goes to close it. But as soon as he does, he comes face to face with Ghostface. Wes screams, struggling against Ghostface, and attempts to grab his taser, but can't reach it. With agonizing force, Ghostface presses the knife slowly into Wes's throat, the sharp point of the blade poking through. Wes slides to the floor, gurgling blood and dying as Ghostface stretches the skin at his neck. This was rough. I was like, man, okay, so first you get insulted by them saying that you don't count because your mom... Is it good enough to be a legacy character? <laughs> and then you get fucking murdered? Oh, yeah. I was like, poor guy, man. And dude, the fucking hicks get brutal deaths. Yeah. yeah. Like both For of really them. For really no reason. No. <laughs> because again, if we're talking about these requel re- re- rules. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. Whoa, I'm not saying that again. <laughs> if we're talking about these rules, they said from the beginning, right? Yeah. So like... If those are the rules, then Mindy is right. Judy should have, y'all should have been okay. Yeah. So what's going on? Well, no, because didn't she say that they went to high school together? She did. So she was okay. there. All right. Uh, yeah, we yeah, didn't but see her. What, what no. movie did they say that in? They said it in Scream 4. In 4. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so again, no, yeah. it doesn't count. Well, all right. <laughs> you know what? You got me there. <laughs> I did want to say I learned on commentary the... Kill was a combination of practical and VFX. Right. Very well done. No, it, it looks good. It got me. It, it looks good. But again, my my thing is that I, I don't have enough time with this dude. I don't care. Well, the kill is still cool. No, it the is. The kill was no, cool. No, no, no. But, yeah, yeah. but um, I don't know who Wes is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Don't. Besides the fact that he has a crush on Tara. That's it. That's yeah. really all we and know. And he died cool. but He did. I mean, he did. Okay. And he had a cool die job. Pretty yeah, neat. There you it go. was nice. Yeah, yeah, you died yeah. good, son. <laughs> <laughs> but sometime later, Sam arrives at the crime scene and watches as personnel cover Judy's body with a sheet. She dips under the tape, but is stopped by Deputy Farney, played by Reggie Conquest. He says that she can't go any further, but Sam says that she knows Wes and asks about him. No, I can be here. I used to babysit her son. <laughs> you can. I'm get basically the fuck out of here. a detective. <laughs> But Farney breaks the terrible news to her, apologizing before walking away. Out of a van, in a red power suit, walks the one and only Gail Weathers. Woo! I literally have a, another power suit moment. <laughs> I expect nothing less. They were surprised on commentary. They said every single time she's been in one of these films and she's worn one of them, she's never worn a red one. Oh, okay. Well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> But Sam immediately recognizes her, and they commiserate a bit over the fact that Judy didn't really like either of them. Sam introduces herself and tells her about the attacks that she and Tara suffered. But before Gail can fully introduce herself, she notices Dewey across the street. She says that she's Gail Riley, er, Weathers. <laughs> it did make me laugh that she's like not even a little bit sad about oh, no. yeah <laughs> like she doesn't even like <laughs> look the, her lemon squares sucked ass or whatever tasted like ass she they said tasted like ass. sorry it's rude whatever it is 
She baked those, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least give her <laughs> kudos on that. God damn. <laughs> but Gail excuses herself and walks over to Dewey. Instead of some kind of lovely reunion, she beats the shit out of him over the fact that he told her the killer was back in a text message. He, he needed a smack that was, for that. Yeah, I was wrong. Well, he didn't want you to come over here, man. He was very clear about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he tells her that she was on the air and she asks how he knew that. He changes the subject, telling her that she looks good and asks if she's still writing. She says she doesn't have time for it anymore. And he tells her that she was always happiest when she was writing. <laughs> no, dude, the more I this goes, this is rough for me. And then and not only Gail and Dewey, but, but you know what? Exactly. You know, and we'll talk in a second about that. But when Dewey notices her crew setting up, he scolds her, saying that she couldn't resist a good story. She tells him not to be an idiot. Yeah, her producers told her to cover this story, but 90% of why she's here is because of Dewey. 90%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He says, I feel 90% better. (laughs) She tells him not to be so sensitive, and he asks when she ever cared about his feelings anyway. She reminds him that she wasn't the one who ended things, and Dewey remembers, but Gail asks why he isn't in uniform. He tells her that he's retired. Gail asks, since when? And he tells her, since they asked me to. Emotion washes over Gail's face, but Dewey tells her not to pity him. He made his choices, and so did she. Gail says that it wasn't a choice. It was her turn and a great opportunity, and Dewey promised that he would try and only did so for two months. Dewey tells her that the mornings aren't so bad for him because he can still see her and pretend that he's back in New York. But then he remembers that he couldn't hack it and left in the middle of the night like a coward. In the middle of the night, Dewey? Yeah, I don't know yeah, why he did what that. Fuck? He <laughs> write a note? <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. Don't Dude. hate me. That was the Smiley Sex face. The city right oh, you're talking something else. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> but tears filling her eyes, Gail asks why he didn't tell her that then. It would have mattered. But she tells Dewey that he's a lot of things, but he isn't a coward. He was just meant to be in Woodsboro. And Dewey admits that she wasn't. I love that we're having this moment in full view of Judy Hicks's corpse. Well, yeah. She's covered with a sheet. She's, <laughs> she's not, she's fine. Uh, but both crying now. And I, I got to admit, I was a little misty. I know. I, I couldn't, in the theater, I was like, it's, what is this salty discharge? <laughs> but Dewey asks Gail to promise to leave as soon as she can. Gail can't promise that, but she gives her condolences over Judy. Dewey accepts this, but remarks that she'll make a great chapter in Gail's next book. The thing about Dewey, he cannot miss an opportunity to roast Gail Weathers for Phil. Oh, no. Like, he, <laughs> he drags her ass every chance. And he's so he good gets- at it. <laughs> He's great at Every, it. He will not miss an opportunity. Well, I mean, that was his ex, so I mean, he's got to... <laughs> I, I did hear on commentary that they went through this scene a few times. Yeah. The first couple... After they did it, they said to the directors, those were for us. We'll do the one for you now. <laughs> yeah. God and it's like, damn it. I was like, don't tell me that. <laughs> you don't have to tell me it's that. Like, we're still working through the divorce. Yeah, like, oh, okay. I was like, wow. Painful. That is so fucking yeah. sad. But they said that there wasn't a dry eye on the set. Well, duh. Because obviously. Yeah. But somewhere in a hotel room, Richie lies in bed eating pizza and watching a review of Stab 8 on YouTube. 
the hosts of Film Fails, played by Chelsea Rebecca and James A. Janice in cameo roles, absolutely savage the film. So this is dead meat. Yes, that's cool. I as I was watching this, I again, was like, our phone didn't ring. No, no did not. Kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said that this must have been the coolest fucking feeling ever. Oh, absolutely. To get this cameo, I am very happy for them and beyond right. stoked. But I am also immeasurably jealous. <laughs> 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 like beyond words. But they show a clip from Stab, which should technically be called Stab Eight, with Ghostface brandishing his new weapon, a flamethrower. <laughs> Also, his mask is solid gold. Yeah. And he's voiced by Matthew Lillard. (laughs) 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 Fucking hilarious. It's great. Also, of course, in the little uh, suggested videos on the side, we see a little tease about Kirby surviving. Oh, yeah. From Scream 4. We knew. There's also, and this kind of pissed me off a little bit, there's a little thing. It's a fake podcast that doesn't exist, but it says, did the real Stu Mocker survive in 1996? (laughs) Yes, he did. And yeah. we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> Sam calls Richie on the phone. And before she can tell him what's up, he goes on a rant about the Stab films, saying Mindy was right about the new Stab having nothing to do with anything. He says, if you ask him, the whole franchise goes off the rails with number five. That's funny. That's good. Yeah. We'll see if it's true. <laughs> I, I know it's a small thing real quick, but... I, I was wondering why all their ringtones are alarm tones. Yeah, I and they're not able to use actual ringtones. I on noticed their phone. that too, and they're all like the same. Yeah, they, I no, noticed they, that too. Yeah, all of them, but one are different. But they're all like that's the tone for my alarm. Well, I, I think um, they're multifaceted. They're multi- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think my ringtone is red right hand. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Somebody should have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Honestly, yeah. Something. It might Mine's have... a Final Fantasy theme. <laughs> Is it Dewey's Final Fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I hear that a lot in movies, though. No, yeah, that's it's what I'm saying. It's always an alarm. It's, just, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I can understand music rights and whatever. For but, sure. I mean, you're also, you don't have other famous friends that are like, that's oh, exactly yeah. what I was yeah. going to say. If, Fucking push my shit on that your movie. That is true. Yeah. You want to know something else is that Dylan Minnette, who plays Wes, is in a band. And see? one of his songs is on the end credits. Well, see? So you could have done that. Yeah. That would have worked. Like I mean, somebody's phone goes off and it's, where are you from you? No. 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 Oh, what? No. <laughs> it was Jennifer just a, yes, no, just I a know. blur no, of no, noise. No. <laughs> I don't remember You're the song. Spinning. Right. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying somebody has a band or a side project yeah. or a friend. Yeah. something you're right that is weird i just thought I, it was funny i noticed it like somebody's phone rang and i was like it's not the exact same yeah but you know they're family i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we all have the same fucking all of them just move on <laughs> <laughs> but sam finally breaks in telling him what happened to judy and wes he gives a very strange answer they killed the sheriff you can do that what the fuck what? does that mean yeah, yeah. nobody talks about no this. nope weird as fuck it very but when sam notices both vincent and farney talking to dewey she rushes off the phone and over to them asking who is at the hospital watching tara then sam rushes to her car but dewey seemingly has a choice to make looking over at gail and then back at sam he eventually chooses to follow sam getting into the passenger seat and telling her to drive but at the hospital tara sits in her bed watching dawson's creek I was like, okay, Kevin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they talked about how world breaking it is to show that because I think 
not only is Scott Foley in that episode and he's also in Scream 3. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Joshua Jackson is in Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And he's in Scream 2. So it's, they're like, we... He's barely yeah. in Scream 2. Well, he, he doesn't even get a name. <laughs> <laughs> but she suddenly hears a noise outside of her room. She calls out, but when she gets no response, she takes matters into her own hands, taking off all the monitoring equipment and sliding painfully into a nearby wheelchair. She groans her way through wheeling herself out of the room, but as she does, all the lights turn off. Tara peers down the dark hallways, but is startled by her own cell phone ringing. I love the way these halls look. Mm -hmm. They look great, but I just don't understand why, if they're in Woodsboro, why is Tara at Haddonfield Memorial? (laughs) (laughs) See, and I thought the same thing. (laughs) But Judy said she was moving her to a private floor. Which I don't know if that means the whole so floor is no, hers. Yeah, so what the fuck does so that there's mean? there's no staff yeah, up there either? Who no. paid for that? It's just Tara. <laughs> well, her mom's in London. She could be a millionaire. I don't know. The house was nice. Whatever, dude. And they that, live in California. Okay, Continue. but even that creates its own problem if your parents are millionaires and you're still not with them. Like, if you find out your kids get hurt, I got money. I'm yeah. sending a car for you. Like, you don't have I'm to work. I'm sending a plane. Yeah, you don't have to Take do anything. the jet. Yeah. To London town. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, dude. See you in a week. (laughs) Cheerio. (laughs) I did want to call out the production designer, a guy called Chad Keith. He had this entire hospital floor constructed on a soundstage. Damn. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is a set completely. I thought it was a fucking hospital. So Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it looks good. I really thought the same. And there is something amazing that he did later, and we'll get to it in just a bit. All right. But Tara ignores the ringing phone, which is unfortunate because it's Sam who continues speeding down the road to reach her sister. Tara, however, continues painfully down the hall. But as she reaches the nurse's station, she finds a police officer on the ground, gurgling, surrounded by his own blood from his freshly slashed throat. So that cop abandoning Tara <laughs> saved his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, it's like I wanted to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Although, if that cop was there, it could have saved the other cop's life. I don't know. Well, you know, who do we like more? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody had to go. But Tara finds his radio to be missing, as well as his gun. And when a door opens down the hall, she wheels herself into a nearby room, closing the door to hide. She grabs a nearby phone and starts calling for help. But through the crack in the door, she hears someone approaching. As soon as they come in, she whacks them on the head with the phone. It's Richie. And what does Richie say? Did you hit me with the phone? Mm-hmm. Reminds me of a character that uh, <laughs> yeah, may or may not have. Uh, I do like the reference. It was a great reference, but it made me like, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Continue, yes. <laughs> but suddenly, Ghostface appears behind him, slashing his arm like Derek in Scream 2. That, that's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> but he struggles against Ghostface, but is slammed into a door and incapacitated. Ghostface turns their sights on Tara, who slams hospital equipment into them, knocking them down, and she tries to make her escape to the elevator. Richie's phone rings, and Ghostface picks it up, activating a voice-changing device in their costume. I thought that looked cool. It did. It's a very neat thing. You don't often see, it happened in Scream 3, but Ghostface speaking in Ghostface voice in person. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't like the, the, the red choker light on the, the voice changing. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I, I mean, uh, I, I know it's not the voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's not your voice, but I don't need to see 
all behind the <laughs> all magic the sausage trick. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Let me just hear you talk. That's it. I don't. <laughs> but I swear, if we didn't, really, like, how's he doing? No, I know, I know. Oh, so that's and, your real voice. Yeah, now? and you're 100 cool, cool. right. Yeah. <laughs> we can never be satisfied. No, not at all. We're Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> yes. Each one of us. But Sam asks if Richie is at the hospital, but Ghostface bids her a hello instead. They tell Sam that she can choose who lives and who dies. Sam doesn't want to make this choice, and Ghostface admonishes her for not saving her sister by simply saying, kill Richie. They throw Tara from the wheelchair and stalk her as she crawls screaming on the floor. Ghostface gives Sam one more chance, and Sam asks why they're doing this. They tell her that she's selfish and can't make the call to save someone she loves. They posit that maybe she's too weak for this franchise. Ghostface towers over Tara as Sam admits that maybe they're right. Or maybe she's just stalling for time. Just in time, the elevator doors slide open, Sam inside with Dewey with his gun at the ready. He fires one shot at Ghostface, who just easily dips into Dewey, an adjacent room. Yeah, it was a straight shot. It was. It, he's like, too fast. <laughs> it was a warning shot. It was. <laughs> what were and you aiming at? We're past a warning, dude. Yes, yeah, what yes. the fuck? But Dewey goes for Richie while Sam checks on her sister. As Dewey walks Richie to the elevator, Ghostface bursts out of the shadows, attacking Dewey. The two tumble to the floor, Dewey grunting, not today, as he gains the upper hand, headbutting Ghostface and firing three rounds into their chest. Ghostface collapses through the glass of a nearby display case. Was anybody else yelling, head, Dewey, head? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because I was. I also love how Ghostface is kicking Dewey's ass for like 95% of this, and they're just like, oh, damn. Just like, help him. You're right. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, do something. That made me mad the first time we watched it, and it made me even more furious this time. Absolutely. They're like, no, he's he's saving his energy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's about to explode. uh, He's a former WCW champion, I think, (laughs) I think he can hold his own. They did say David Arquette did his own stunts here. Oh, nice. All right. That's badass. Yeah. But Dewey returns to Richie, guiding everyone into the elevator. But just before the doors close, Dewey remembers the head. He says, you have to shoot them in the head. Otherwise, they always come back. Incredulous, Sam asks, who gives a fuck? But just as the elevator doors slide closed, Dewey says, I do. The thing about guns, though, is that you can use them from far away. That's actually the point of that. That's like the yep. whole point of a um, gun. Mm-hmm. So he's a sheriff, right? He used to be. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he forgot since he <laughs> <laughs> since then. But tense music mounts as Dewey walks over to Ghostface, reloading his weapon. His boots crunch on the glass as he stands over Ghostface and aims his gun. Unfortunately, Dewey is distracted by his cell phone ringing. Yes. In this incredibly tense and important moment, Dewey looks down at his phone. Ghostface lurches up with their knife, jamming it into Dewey's stomach, before producing a second knife that they stab into Dewey's spine. Ghostface finally responds, yes, today, before graphically dragging both knives up Dewey's torso. Blood pours as Dewey falls to his knees and sees his phone on the ground in his own blood. He sees that the incoming call was in fact from Gale, and a small, painful smile emerges on his face. Ghostface leans in very close to Dewey, telling him, it's an honor, before removing their knives and kicking Dewey to the ground, dead. The whole time, I'm like, there's no way that they're going to do this. Right. And then they did. Mm -hmm. And look, Dewey 
gets his ass kicked. You know what I mean? But at the end, right. it's like, oh, fuck, he lived. Yeah. yeah. That's how that's how this was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I hated this. <laughs> it was undeserved. I don't think Dewey. I know that Dewey is a little, you know, he's Dewey. Okay? Right, right, right. He's not fucking stupid. This was fucking stupid. I think that after everything that Dewey's been through, he knows better than anyone. Yeah. Exactly. What it, not to do. This felt unearned. And then especially again, I know that I said that the reveal was underwhelming to me. Uh-huh. I'm like, you? Yeah, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> like, you yeah. didn't deserve this. <laughs> no. I, yeah. That's I, my notes. Underwhelming. Yeah. He I, is so... Important. important yes that i'm not saying and i'm the first one to be like Meh, plot armor plot armor. you know what i mean i don't give a fuck you don't kill you don't do this right i've always said um and we said on previous episodes that they are always very delicate with the main three mm-hmm. i don't care <laughs> yeah that's fine i I'm understand fine the messaging here for this film and for any film going forward no one is safe and i get it but now i i don't know I, it just felt undeserved Dewey did not deserve to go out the way that he did. He just didn't. They had said on commentary that they, first of all, was very emotional writing it. Mm-hmm. They told David Arquette before he even read the script that this was going to happen. So he knew before he signed on. Okay. They, At least there's that. Yeah. They also said that, and he was very sad to hear it, but he understood what it meant for the story. Right. The difficulty here is that it means a lot for the story and it makes sense for the story, but I don't like the story that they're telling. Right. So that's where it gets a little tricky. Yeah. But they had said that one of the things that Wes Craven had said after the opening of the first screen with Drew Barrymore is he wanted people to feel like they were in the hands of a madman, that anything could happen. And so that's what they tried to recreate here. But it is such a strange, like, out of character death for such an important character. He's like, whoops, my phone. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. yeah. It's just, it just doesn't work it for me. It felt unearned. I think that's what. And I would have been mad anyway. Yeah. I would have been mad no matter how they killed Dewey. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, at least, I don't know, work a little harder for it, I think. I don't know. And for, it's it's 26 years with this character. Yeah. He didn't deserve it. No. I. I give these movies a lot of shit and but even this I've watched these enough to like this was very underwhelming. Yeah. And it felt kind of rushed just to get it done. We have Maybe to, that's it. We have to kill him. Just do it like this. Saying it's it's an honor or it was an honor, or whatever, that doesn't that doesn't live up to what he's done for these movies maybe have him go out in a battle later or something or him give up his life to save a character or something. That, See, but it's that. not, this is very, like, I guess like you said, oh, my phone rang. Yeah. What is this? Oh, you got me. That's very underwhelming. Because he did let them get away. So I guess it's someone almost... could But nobody was in immediate danger at that point. If yeah. he died physically saving someone from being yeah. that okay i'll still i'm still mad they had said yeah. but at least that makes sense to who he is yes they had said that dewey was always going to die in this film but in the original drafts he was dying in the third act and they had two ideas dewey dies in this film and we got to get sydney back to woodsboro and it wasn't until later on in revision that they decided to put those two ideas together and that's how we come up with this 
but it just it doesn't work what? for me. No, I agree. I don't like it. Honestly, really, when you think about it, what the fuck would ever bring Sydney back to Woodsboro? Yeah. And this is really the only thing, but maybe I'd do it. If you have to do it, don't do it like this. I come back to Woodsboro to see who Billy was fucking behind my back. Who cares? Oh, I want to know. know. You got a whole family. <laughs> gives a shit. Yeah. Who gives a shit? That was high school, dude. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I want to know. Grow up. Oh, that was like this years ago, dude. Come on. I yeah. think I just me myself i just really want to know (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe we'll find out in scream six we'll see she's still in in london yes but sometime later gail arrives at the hospital everything is in slow motion as she walks up to the front entrance and sees the coroner wheeling dewey's body to their van outside sorrow overtakes her and she collapses into the arms of sam and richie who hold her as she collapses to the ground and sobs heartbreaking very We cut to Gail seated in the hospital lobby alone. Sam walks up to her, expressing her condolences, but tells her that even though she didn't know Dewey well, he helped her. Gail says that that's what he did, but she says that she should have stopped him. Sam says that if she had, Tara would be dead. I want to point out very quickly, I've known Dewey for 26 years. That's what I'm saying. I've known Tara for about an hour. Today. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah. so, um. Okay. I, yeah. Like, oh, oh, I'm right. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> but Gail's mouth just tightens into a slight smile, probably feeling how I'm feeling. I'm probably trying yeah. not to say that. Yeah. Get out of here. Get, get, leave me alone. <laughs> but anyway, a hospital worker calls Sam away to go see her sister. But into the lobby walks Sydney, greeting Gail. So this is when kind of the realization hit me that the three of them will never be together again. Yeah. That's where I had a big difficulty. Okay. There is so much fan service in this film that I truly appreciate. But one of the biggest things that we all, of course, want is to see the three of them on screen together. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. And that is the thing is that if Dewey were to have survived until the third act, we would have. Yeah, we would have. It would have been sad, but we would have at least gotten that. Yeah, and we don't. Yeah, but Sydney says that she came as soon as she heard, and they embrace. Sam watches on as both Gail and Sydney acknowledge that neither of them should be here. They sit down together as Sam heads back upstairs. In Tara's hospital room, Sam asks her how she is. After joking about getting better painkillers every time she's attacked, Sam apologizes to Tara for everything. But Tara says that she doesn't blame her for who her father is, or even for their father leaving. She blames Sam for her leaving her, too. What? I mean, it's better than blaming her for the other things. Didn't you tell her to go fuck herself earlier? That's oh, she the did. thing. But that, you... was, that was old Tara. No, no, but... no, no. It's the same Tara. <laughs> that was, no, no. That was before you saved me from <laughs> Oh, no, no. Uh-uh. We're even now, yeah, I think, right? Keep that same energy from earlier. <laughs> fuck that. But Sam tells her that that will never happen again and admits that she was just too scared to tell her about her real father sooner because she was afraid that she would turn out just like him. So she ran away to protect Tara from her. Tara says that Sam could never be like Billy Loomis. In this very sincere moment, Sam somehow realizes at the exact moment that Tara does that she's super high on these painkillers. It's a little bit of levity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was cute. All right. But the sisters tell each other that they love each other. I don't believe you. (laughs) (laughs) Sam suggests that they do what nobody ever does in these situations. 
Get the fuck out of Woodsboro. But we cut to Sam and Richie taking Tara in her wheelchair through the hospital lobby, but they're stopped by Sydney. After an awkward introduction, and after Richie and Tara go to bring the car around, Sydney bluntly says, You're Billy's daughter. So who's your uh, bitch ass mom, Sam? Well, don't. <laughs> Let's one problem at a time. Let's <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. I want to know. This is more about you than Sydney. <laughs> I'm nosy. You just want the tea. I do. Sam is strangely like, yeah, I am. Sorry if that's weird for you. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't understand her entire attitude towards Sydney. No. Yeah. Um, I don't get it at all. I don't like it. No. no, and especially after like having reverence and going to Dewey to try to get advice and basically being told like you're the new Sydney now. Yeah. Wouldn't you fucking listen to everything that she had to say? Yeah. Wouldn't you like I don't the whole yeah and what of it? Or like who wants <laughs> to know? I don't <laughs> like I don't get the attitude. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't like it either. But Sydney says that it isn't weird for her and tells Sam that she's been through this a lot. She asks Sam if she wants to talk, but Sam isn't into that idea. She gives her condolences for Dewey's death, but says that she's taking Tara out of Woodsboro. As she walks outside, Sydney follows her, telling her that she tried to run away too, but it always follows you. Like that film. <laughs> Elevated? Whatever. Um, <laughs> Gail follows close behind Sydney as Sam disagrees, saying that that's Sydney's life, not hers. Sam turns around with attitude, asking what Sydney wants from her. Gail scolds the new girl, telling her that it always comes back to the original, and Sydney is the original. She is like, why the fuck are you getting an attitude? Does she call her like lady or something? Yeah, she's like, what do you want from me, lady? It's like lady. Yeah, I do know her name is Sydney Prescott. I don't understand any of this. This was felt all out of place for me. It does. I don't. Because there's no reason for her to feel that way no, toward her. At all. No, she's trying to help you. Yeah, and you were just fine a minute ago talking you're to right. Gail. And now all of a sudden it's like, fuck you, old bitches. What are yeah, you talking you're right. about? What are you? What, are you kidding? And not only that, you know that Dewey was their friend who came and saved your fucking sister. And yes. now he's are dead. you serious? Now you want to turn around and be like, "Fuck you! I don't need you." Are you serious? This is bad. It's weird. <laughs> I don't. Like why it. is he there? Yeah, I just don't like that. But Sydney says that Sam is wrong. That this is her life now. Whoever is targeting her is going to keep coming back. So she asks for Sam's help to kill him. Sam sums it up hilariously. Sydney wants her to help her commit murder with the host of a morning show. It's the basic gist of it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam asks what her role is in this. Is she the bait? The helpless victim? Gail is down for these labels. <laughs> <laughs> but Sydney tells her otherwise. She says Ghostface killed her friends and theirs. And she has kids now, so she's not going to be able to rest until Ghostface is dead. Sam apologizes for their past experiences, but says that this isn't her story, no matter what anybody says. <laughs> Richie pulls up <laughs> and he goes, hey, let's get the fuck out of town, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> he just continues to be the best. Yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. He's so good. But he asks Sam to get into the car so they never have to see these people again. And as she does... Sydney tries to stop her again, but Sam refuses, saying that it's the only way that she can protect Tara. Sydney just wishes her luck, and Sam returns the favor before getting into the car. As it drives away, Gail remarks at how shitty all of that went, 
But it turns out Sydney is sly as all hell because she slickly put a tracker on their car. She says it seems like something Gail would do, which Gail takes as a compliment. It, it is one. Yeah. All I was thinking was Gail Weathers would find yeah. a way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Jennifer Jolie, we miss you. <laughs> but in the car, Sam tells Tara that she texted their mother <laughs> to update her on what's going on. But she notices Tara in the back seat frantically searching for something. I'm like, her mom, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Her mom's like, that's a bummer, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she left me on red. <laughs> You're still alive then. <laughs> Are you just living there now? I know. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> she really soaked up the culture in two days. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> but what Tara is searching for is her extra inhaler. She can't find it. And they can't stop at a pharmacy because she'd need a prescription. But she says that she has an extra one that she left at Amber's house. That's not true. I can go get one at Walmart right I was going to say literally yeah. fucking stop at Walmart, yeah. dude. Like, I'm sorry. I know that you took like a recreational puff off of it when you were at the beginning of the yeah. movie. It's it, You've never needed it. Yeah, plus you weren't this frantic a minute ago no, when your sister just... was telling the people that were trying to help you uh-huh. to fuck off. You work perfectly fine. Now, all of a sudden, you're having a panic attack and need it. Well, but in all fairness, she was hooked up to some kind of oxygen in the hospital in her nose. Because she got stabbed, dude. Well, yeah, no, I was there. I, don't I wasn't there. there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Everyone's a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> but I will admit that I don't like this either. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, it always comes back to the inhaler. Nobody yeah. can ever just be an asthmatic. <laughs> And just have a regular, <laughs> just have a regular go at it. But okay. <laughs> but Richie is not down for this idea at all. And when Sam asks Tara for the address, he says it's one two three no fucking way lane. Sam says that Tara needs it, but Richie says that he needs to keep all the blood inside of his body, and so do they. He's not wrong. Well, no. Yeah. Again, he's yes. But he finally relents and he asks for the address. But at Amber's house, Amber is apparently having a party in Wes's honor. She breezes past partygoers to find Chad in the kitchen, taking a shot under a banner that reads, For Wes. He leads everyone in a toast, and you hear everyone shout, For Wes. I will say, obviously, of course, it's, it, of course it's on the nose because it's meant as a tribute. Yeah. It's very, very sweet. And I learned on commentary that literally everyone who had a hand in the Scream franchise, either ADR'd or was on set to say for Wes. Aww. Oh, all right. Even from, this is like from Drew Barrymore to Henry Winkler. They're in the, the scene? They're doing ADR or they're in the scene. Oh, oh sure. Either them no, or their yeah, voice. Yeah, because yeah, I, think, I think Kevin Williamson was on set. There were a few people, uh, Marco Beltrami, I think was on set. But a lot of people sent in and they just put it in post. Oh, nice. So it's, right. it's very touching. It is. Even even Wes Craven's widow is in it. Oh, oh, all right. Very, very sweet. I still don't know why they're partying. Well, it's a it's a wake. <laughs> okay. Isn't it? <laughs> is that what a wake is? Where you get drunk and listen yeah, to music and watch not, movies? Yeah, that's not for their... Let that be my wake. That's fine. That sounds like fun. Okay. <laughs> 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 watch stab at my no. yes, yes 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 but amber scolds chad for taking shots but he says that this is just how he mourns and distracts himself from the looming specter of death mindy says that they're low on beer so amber heads down to the basement to get some the light won't turn on however so she uses the flashlight on her phone 
a clothing item in the dark looks suspiciously like Ghostface. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do you leave that like that? <laughs> but Amber reaches a light hanging above the fridge and we see that everything's pizza. But after securing the beer from the fridge, the door jump scare that's been teased the entire film and nobody's been there. Yeah. Mindy's there. I don't know how she did that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I see why it scared Amber so hard. Yeah. Because that's yeah. fucking it's ridiculous. Physically impossible. Yeah. <laughs> But Mindy says that Amber failed her test and that you shouldn't go off alone anywhere when there's a masked killer on the loose. Amber says another thing that you shouldn't do when there's a masked killer on the loose is follow someone into a dark, creepy basement alone. Amber asks how Mindy knows that she isn't the killer. And Mindy says, because she is. (gasps) I mean, she's not, but (laughs) she says to consider this as a lesson, though. Don't trust anyone. Amber asks how she can trust that she's not the killer then, and Mindy is pleased to see that Amber is learning. They exit together, with Amber telling Mindy to head up first, and Mindy is even more pleased (laughs) (laughs) to see that. But Chad and Liv make out something heavy on the couch, and Liv tells him that she's ready and they should head upstairs. Chad, however, considering everything going on, passes on that. He says he's not 100% sure that she's not the killer. He's almost 100% sure, but the safest option is to be surrounded by witnesses. Very offended, she just tells him, fuck you, which he says is a reasonable response. Yeah. On her way out, she flips him off (laughs) and almost Seinfeld like he goes, that too. (laughs) (laughs) She should have called him a cretin. Uh, That would really have talked. We needed that callback. We really did. Needed it so bad. Mindy gives her twin a thumbs up. He gives one back and then flips her off too. <laughs> I I get it. But again, this is your girlfriend. We don't know how long y'all have been dating. If you've been dating through high school, then you know her enough to trust her. Your reasoning is, is not valid. I think his it's, sister got in his head. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And it's also, I mean, the summer fling, this could be their year back at school. Oh, that's true. That's true. Uh, So they could barely have started dating. uh, And also, don't trust the love interest. That's true. So I'd be in my head. I'd be scared. I'll take my chance. (laughs) (laughs) But on the road, Gail takes the blame for all of this, saying that if she had never written the Woodsboro murders, none of this would have ever happened. Sydney absolves her of this guilt, telling her that Billy Loomis started all of this, and now they're going to finish it. Now, let's not go mm-hmm. pointing fingers here. <laughs> I might want to calm down there, Sydney. <laughs> I do also want to say, um, if we're being technical, yes, Roman Bridger started this. Oh, yeah. I kind of, I don't. Yeah, we know. But <laughs> here, here's the thing. I don't subscribe to me, that. me and Sydney are on the same page. No one liked that reveal. Nobody no. liked <laughs> So it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It was Billy. Yeah. But Sydney says that after tonight, no more books, no more movies, no more ghost face. Gail's like, now when you say no more books. <laughs> <laughs> One more book? Yeah. <laughs> How hard is that? No. So you're not going to write any more books because Sydney is also a best-selling author, if you recall. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I'll write. I'll write for both of right. us. <laughs> but back at the party... And in my view, an incredibly poor taste. They're watching Stab. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But now you just said party before you said it was awake. Uh, who wrote that? Because yeah. <laughs> it's a party. This yeah. is not awake. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, you ain't that fucking sad. Uh, <laughs> wake up. Let's party. Yeah. <laughs> 
But movie Randy Meeks, played by Christopher Speed, is about to give the partygoers at Stu's house the rules of surviving a horror movie. It's funny because I noticed it more later, but the actor playing the actor playing Randy okay sounds like he's doing a Mark Wahlberg impression. Does yeah, he really? I thought. <laughs> Did you notice it too? I was wondering. I was like. That doesn't sound like Randy at all. It was really was like, funny. What the fuck? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that I was did like, not... why does it sound like? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's from Boston. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, I did because I did see a lot of complaints online. They're like, well, how the fuck did they get everything exactly the same? But a lot of people do forget the cam exactly. Yeah, Gail had a camera set up in that exact location, so the camera is basically where Gail put it. So she has all the footage. <laughs> it's real. It's it true. Is. I agree. And they, she has all the, the direct dialogue. She has all the right angles, the exact outfits they're wearing. So that's how they got it so accurate. Yeah. I got to defend that. That's true. I don't think that camera would have seen all the way into the kitchen. Maybe a sliver of the door. But it did. We saw it, it on did. the thing. Yeah. On the thing. It's a TV, yeah. I think. On the- <laughs> <laughs> this I have to defend. <laughs> But we'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> Mindy watches laughing, but Chad texts Liv over and over trying to apologize. He texts her, I'm sorry, come back, let's do it. And that, that is, is that yeah. what he said? Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, that's what yeah. the contention was, I yeah. guess. I don't know. <laughs> the dissension. But eventually, he decides to head out after her. But Mindy just jokes that she's probably already dead. Chad scolds her for sitting here watching a movie about their uncle getting stabbed. In all fairness, that was stabbed too or whatever. I was yeah. going to say, he so, didn't get stabbed in this one. Yeah. No, it's still in bad taste, but he's he's fine. He gets shot in this one. Yes. <laughs> but Mindy just says that it calms her down. And she's also going to smoke some weed and maybe hook up with some girl called Frances, who she makes eyes with across the couch. It's like, good for you. Yeah. She's got a a whole night planned. Yeah, she's like, it's going to be a lean (laughs) night, dude. It's going to be great. But Chad just tells her to have fun before bailing, but not before snagging a candlestick as a weapon when Mindy tells him to. I was like, what is this clue? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But after Chad leaves, Mindy invites the uncredited Francis over. Outside, Chad gets a Find My Fam notification from Liv showing that she has accepted his request. He shares his location with her, and we see their proximity on a map. After hearing some rustling in the bushes, he calls out to her, and the beeping gets faster on the map as he gets closer. Realizing that this is literally how you die, he turns around, only to come face to face with Ghostface. Ghostface stabs Chad right between the legs, in the upper thigh area, a little too close for comfort, (laughs) (laughs) and Chad stumbles away with Ghostface in pursuit. So you're going to go outside in these bushes, all alone, Uh huh. but you wouldn't go upstairs with your girlfriend five minutes ago. Correct. That's a, yes. That's that the is, basic that, gist of it. Yeah. That's what happened. Wow. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it doesn't make sense. No. <laughs> but Chad hides behind the house. His hands too slick with blood to turn off the beeping noise on the Find My Fam app. In a slight homage to Alien, we see Liv's dot fastly approaching Chad's. So he tosses his phone and puts pressure on his leg wound. I was mad at him. I know that he got stabbed in the leg or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Wow. <laughs> but for not just running straight back to the party. That's true. Someone stabbed me. <laughs> yeah. He's here. <laughs> he did go somewhere Any of else. Those. Yeah. <laughs> Any of those. Any of work. those lines would be good. <laughs> 
But Chad suddenly makes a break for it, but Ghostface bursts out of a nearby shed, knocking him down and stabbing the shit out of him. Before they're able to finish the job, headlights beam into the area as Sam, Richie, and Tara arrive, so Ghostface bails. Richie is confused to see that Amber is having a party. I I guess it is a party. Yeah, (laughs) thank you! (laughs) But he reluctantly joins the sisters as they head inside. All the party goers, <laughs> I re- it is a party. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> By your own definition. I did that. Yeah, that was me. That's all me. All the party goers cheer when they see Tara and Amber greets her. Tara tells her that she's just here for her extra inhaler, but Sam stops her from telling Amber where they're actually going. Amber understands and says she doesn't care just as long as Tara's safe. Amber says that the inhaler is in her room and shouts over everyone to vacate because the party is over. Why? The wake is over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They do not respond well to this. When Amber's pleas don't work, Richie helps, switching on all the lights and introducing himself to Jin Z before telling them that Sam and Tara have been attacked by the killer twice, which makes this place incredibly unsafe for everyone. They shout at him, even throwing a cup at his head. So he changes his tune, telling them all to get the fuck out. Please get the fuck out. Sincerely get the fuck out. (laughs) He's great. Doesn't somebody say someone's dad? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That person that says that is Jamie Kennedy. Really? Oh, that's fucking great. That's great. Now remember that comment. What comment? That's somebody's dad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, moving Moving on, on, moving on. But they call him a buzzkill as they leave, and he assures them that he's saving their life. Sam, Tara, and Amber head out to find the inhaler. Speaking of dads, though, who are Amber's parents? And where are Amber's parents? London. Right. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> they, work, they work for uh, Tara's mom. Okay. <laughs> it makes sense. Cool. But Mindy makes out with Francis on the couch as a facsimile of her uncle continues on about the rules on the screen. A random teen comes in, as he said, interrupting the sesh and telling them that someone's (laughs) goofy ass dad is kicking them out. (laughs) So Mindy says goodbye to Francis as she heads out. Richie approaches Mindy, asking if there's any beer left. And when he finds out that there's some in the basement, he asks her to come with him to get it. She declines, though she gives him kudos for asking. He tells her that he'll be right back. And they both laugh at the horror movie faux pas he just made. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he leaves, Liv plops down on the couch next to Mindy, scaring the hell out of her. Mindy is confused and asks where Chad is since he went to go look for her. She looks at Liv suspiciously, admitting that she's revising her suspect list. Liv gets up to leave, but then thinks better of it, turning around and asking Mindy if she's afraid of her. Wanted to point out that the costume designer said that Liv's plaid skirt was inspired by Tatum. So I thought that was sweet. But Mindy just laughs and stops when Liv asks if she thinks that she did something to Chad. Liv throws Mindy's words back into her face, saying that she thought that she was too boring to be the killer, since she's the expert. But Liv reminds her what happens to the expert, dragging her thumb across her throat. Liv bails after telling Mindy to enjoy her stupid movie, and Mindy just calls her a fucking psycho. That was laying it on a little thick. A little bit. <laughs> that's not, I mean, we've barely seen Liv, to be fair. Yeah. But this was, that was a lot. No, it was a lot. I will say that, again, like we had said earlier, for anyone to be a red herring or a suspect, we got to know more about them. Yeah. Exactly. For I, it to be effective anyway. There was one time that they did that and uh, in Scream 2. 
where we all love who the killer is as an actor, but it is a little underwhelming there too. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. But back in the car, Sydney realizes that the group has stopped somewhere, but is horrified to find out where and shows Gail. She calls Sam on the phone. No, I don't know how she has her phone number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and she God. she knew it by heart yeah as well so i don't get that either i didn't even think about that that's hilarious <laughs> but sydney reveals to sam she's in Stu mocker's house where Stu and her father killed everyone someone planned to get her there and they need to get out now it being Stu mocker's house seems like a huge reveal yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah Mm-hmm. The camera swirls around Sam as all is revealed, and the house fully takes shape for the viewer. The same staircase, hall, and front entrance from the 1996 film. The camera pulls out of the front door, and we see the familiar porch and gate as well. So I will say I felt very proud of myself, mm-hmm. because whenever we first see the house and Amber's walking through, I was like, I think this is fucking Stu's house. Yeah. But I learned, Brittany told me that in the trailer, they show the house. Oh, oh really? wow. so they just give that away in the market yeah. which it, it's it's such a big reveal here i don't know why they would ever do that yeah it's so strange huh but i did i talked about chad keith the production designer before but he painstakingly went to the real house oh, and he redesigned a mock-up of Stu's house for this film to a be mock built. up yes <laughs> sorry <laughs> if that helps you <laughs> But it was accurate to the millimeter of the real house. That's incredible. And even the kitchen, they painted the tiles exactly the same as they were in the first film. Okay. That's great. So this is great, great work. They also said that the legacy cast, whenever they walked around the first time, they got very emotional. I bet. Oh, well, yeah. But it's, it's brilliant. And I also have to commend the cinematographer for kind of shooting around. Yeah, yeah, without making it super obvious. Exactly. To us, it was. But we're freaks (laughs) (laughs) but mindy continues watching stab reaching the part where randy doesn't know that the killer is behind him in super meta fashion ghostface appears behind her as she shouts at the screen ghostface raises their knife and in a cartoon moment of realization mindy turns around to find them standing there I will admit that this was too cute for me. <laughs> it was a lot. It was yeah. too much. It was the look on her face like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know that I like this. <laughs> I will say one thing that was very cool, though, whenever we first see Amber walking through the house, mm-hmm. you hear somebody say, hey, nice house, Freeman. It's Matthew Lillard. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring him back. Yeah. God damn it. So I'm like, you know, you can be subtle and good. Yeah. But that, that was a little much for me. But Sam hears the struggle from the other room and rushes in to smash Ghostface with a vase when she sees them fighting against an already stabbed Mindy. Ghostface just straight up retreats as Sam checks on Mindy. He looks both ways. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you better not follow me. <laughs> and then just runs. And that's that it. That was the funniest shit. I laughed so hard. I was like, are we really? You're not going to stop her? All right. But Amber and Tara return to the room. Amber accusing Sam of doing something to Mindy. Richie returns too, his beer shattering to the floor when he sees what's going on. It was at this moment that I realized it's kind of weird that he went down there to go get a beer. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like, yeah. we got to get the fuck out of here. We got to get the fuck out of here. Well, okay, we're going to run inside and get the inhaler. Uh, I'm going to go down and grab a beer. Can you go? I was yeah. like, what the fuck? And then drive us all. Like, yeah. Well, Thanks, Richie. He's like, well, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but Liv also reappears, bursting into the room. 
Amber says that she was with Tara the whole time, so one of them is the killer. Liv, tired of being accused, just says, fuck you to Amber. Sam then notices blood on Liv's hands, which Liv explains away through tears, saying that she found Chad outside. Amber says that she's lying, and Richie accuses Liv of being the killer. That did remind me when Cotton had blood all over him, and he was yeah. like, I found Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe you should have led with that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, you, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know how you look right now, too. in my blood. <laughs> but things get very tense, and then Amber calms everything down, telling Liv to just stop. Liv insists one more time that she isn't the killer, and in one fluid motion, Amber says that she knows before pulling out Dewey's gun and shooting Liv in the head. Everyone reacts in shock as Amber points the gun at Sam, welcoming everyone to Act 3. Everyone but us. Yeah, we knew. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. All right, I'm going to go get a drink. You don't got to pause it. You don't got to just let it play. It's all right. I will say I feel like this would have been an excellent reveal if we didn't already know from the first scene. Yeah. Whenever you have the killer outside of Amber's window or in her closet or whatever, mm. we know what the fuck happened to Steve Orth. Yeah. yeah. When Casey got the question wrong. Mm. So to see Amber breathing comfortably at school the next day. And not even being like, it could have been me. He had my phone. You know, yeah. anything. No. Yeah. She's just, just like, like, man, you don't have a girlfriend. Nah. <laughs> you know, you're the killer. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's been you the whole time. Yeah. So that was kind of a letdown because I don't. I don't like to cop who the killer is immediately. Yeah. yeah. These are whodunits for a reason. And I would have liked to have been tricked a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But as Amber fires another shot, Tara jerks her arm away, causing her to miss. Richie scoops Sam up and pulls her into the basement, Sam snagging a knife from the kitchen counter as he does. In the basement, Sam realizes that Tara is still up there, but Richie stops her from going back up, telling her that there are always two killers. Sam pulls the knife on him, but Richie puts his hands up, telling her that he thinks the second killer is Tara. He says she brought them here, and they've been estranged for years, and he asks how well she really knows her sister. Sam says that she knows Tara better than she knows him, and heads upstairs against Richie's protests. Sydney and Gail arrive on the scene, and they step out of the vehicle and arm themselves with handguns. Sydney asks if Gail is ready, and she admits that she never is. As they make their way up to the porch, Amber rips the door open, feigning as if she's been stabbed and screaming for help. Sydney looks over to Gail to see if she's buying this or not, and this is when Amber gives up the ruse, firing a shot that Gail catches in the stomach before retreating into the house from Sydney's returned fire. Why Gail? I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. The match just started and you died already? What? I, 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 <laughs> I've got no help. What, what the fuck? I swear to you, I thought that that was going to be it for Gail. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, that been, was, I was like, no, please, that would have been bullshit. Please don't do this. Yeah. One thing I will say, because I've seen a lot of criticism online, and I thought the exact same thing. I thought that this film felt like they added the legacy cast in a way that they could easily write them out. Okay. Yeah. But I learned on commentary that they were always factored in in this exact way. And the difficulty for them was securing the cast because they didn't have a backup plan. And oh, so okay. the second they got David Arquette to join on because he did first, mm -hmm. the other two followed and they were like, whoo yeah sigh of relief yeah and so i guess that's not that's another criticism that isn't fair that yeah i've been living at this film for like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very long time but sydney checks on gail and says that they need to get to a hospital but gail refuses telling sydney that she needs to finish this for dewey 
Sydney stands resolutely, facing down her own personal house of horrors from 26 years ago. She lets herself inside, clearing the rooms and fighting the memories of her past. She shouts that anyone hiding, killer or no, has five seconds to show themselves. And instead of ever counting to five, she just starts firing blindly into doors and kicking them open. So that's cool. <laughs> well, I feel like they had time to call somebody, though. Well, like the police? When they pulled up, when mm -hmm. they were walking up to the house, when they left Gail outside. On the way to the house. <laughs> any, well, no, we got to do this. Any, <laughs> at any time. Upstairs, Sam hears bumping noises from behind the closet door. She enters her way towards it with her knife pointed outward, and when she finally opens it, she finds Tara tied up and her mouth duct taped. Sam immediately goes to untie her, but Richie's words clearly start fucking with her a little bit, so she stops herself. Downstairs, Sydney's phone rings. She answers it as she heads upstairs and hears the voice. Assuming it to be Amber, Sydney asks where they went, but Ghostface assures her that they're not Amber, they're the other one. Sydney isn't surprised by the fact that there are two killers, admitting that she's seen this movie before. To have a line like this, to have Richie have just said, there's always two killers. Mm -hmm. This is the perfect opportunity to have three killers in this film. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't. Because we're expecting to. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Sydney says that they need some new material as she continues firing blindly into random doors, calling them the most derivative killer of all time using Stu's house of all things. Ghostface tells her that she forgot the first rule of the stab movies. Don't answer the phone. But Sydney hangs up on them. Ghostface is like, no, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, the plan only works yeah. here on the phone. God damn it. <laughs> and I will say, this is the third first rule of stab movies. I heard. know. <laughs> but Sydney aims her gun at the door, firing into it and hitting someone behind it. She rips the door open and we see that she shot Richie in the leg. As he holds his hands up, she asks why he didn't come out. And he tells her because she's got a gun and has been shooting everything. It's a great reason. That's fair. Yeah, but if he had said something, she probably wouldn't have shot into the door. Maybe. I mean, she might have. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know at this point. But just then, Ghostface bursts out of an adjacent door, and Richie gives what I think oh is the line God. of the film. He goes, holy shit, it's Ghostface. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but in their struggle, Ghostface and Sydney flip over the railing, and Richie stumbles downstairs to reach the gun before Ghostface can. Before Richie can reach it, though, Sam comes out of nowhere and snags it. Richie is relieved, and Sam protectively puts him behind her. He says, thank God you're okay. But as soon as he leans in, we see that Richie is holding a knife, which he plants into Sam's side. As Sam stares up at him in shock and betrayal, he says, because I really wanted to be the one to kill you. So you really should have listened to Dewey. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's your first mistake. That's, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he takes the gun from her and aims it at Sydney. He twists the knife in Sam and Ghostface stands up, taking off their mask and is revealed to be Amber. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. knew that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Why'd you put it? Why'd you put the costume so you back up? You <laughs> <laughs> literally shot at them. Like, yeah. what the fuck? So that was another one. I was like, why did you? This is just ridiculous. This should have been someone else. Yes. Yeah. That would have been cool. What As if, well. Yeah. But Richie gives Amber the gun and she immediately puts it to Sydney's head. Richie reveals that he took Tara's inhaler and says he's surprised that it worked before tossing it away. Richie admits that he knows it's a bummer that it's him. And it, it really is. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, he's, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> but through a voice changer, he says that it really was the best choice for the movie, though. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Richie. Beep, beep, Richie. One thing I will say, though, is that his performance and Mikey Madison's performance. They're both great. They're fantastic. Yeah. And they continue to just get better as they take on these roles, too. Yeah. But again, I just don't think that they're what I hoped for. Yeah. It's just underwhelming. They're great, but no. Yeah. But Sam says that this isn't a movie, but Richie says that it will be. Amber calls him Hun and goes down her checklist. Third act bloodbath, check. Killers revealed, check. She says it's time for the big finale. And she has major Stumacher energy now. She does. And she lives in his house. It's like, are you his daughter, ma'am? I'm like, (laughs) Like, what is going on? And if you're going to, I mean, they really could have leaned into that, you know? But whatever. Also, hun? Yeah. You dating? I hope not. She's still in high school. Oh, shit. And he's dating the older sister. Sister. Yeah, I remember he looks like somebody's dad. Do you and fucking, what was Kyle Gallner's name? Vince. You and fucking Vince hang out, man, or what? This is horrible. Yeah, and I didn't even catch that until watching it this time. I was like, hold on. I I realized that, and I was like, wait, but you're older a lot older than than all of them yeah than all of them except you know presumably sam yeah but even she's the older sister so again y'all are older than these kids we just seen them in high school what and nobody's like oh dude you really that's what's going on they're all like wounded and they're like yeah Yeah, i was like hold on i'm going the police (laughs) chris hansen I, I hope that they're seniors and they're all 18. That's all I hope. That's what I said because uh, we were talking about it, John Paul and I, last night. And I was like, let's give the absolute benefit of the doubt that everyone is an 18-year-old senior. Still fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. on PSA. <laughs> Just don't Just do don't that. Just don't do it. <laughs> Just don't ever do it. That's no. <laughs> don't. don't do that. <laughs> But Richie rips the knife from Sam and the killers move their would-be victims into the kitchen where their motives are revealed. Richie says that someone has to save the franchise. No one has made a good stab movie since the first one. As Amber goes to retrieve, as Richie puts it, the very ex-Mrs. Riley, Richie turns his focus to Sydney. Rude. Very. As if killing people wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> he tells her he's a really big fan and asks if she saw the last stab movie, which of course she hasn't. Richie says it sucked balls because no one takes the true fans seriously. He says they laugh at them. And why? Because they love something? He asks how fandom can be toxic when it's about love. He says they don't understand that these movies are important to people. But he says they're going to help them, though. Hollywood is out of ideas, so they decided to give them some new source material. Bring it back to basics, because that's how you make a good stab movie, based on actual events. Amber drags Gail into the kitchen and swaps places with Richie, who now turns his attention to Sam. Amber mimes stabbing Sydney, accompanying it with some squeaks from the psycho score. I love Mikey Madison, dude. She's great. <laughs> that was fantastic. It's unnecessary, but we love it. That was funny. <laughs> um, but this reveal, the motivations, again, I understand that it's very current. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of it. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, 
why did they say fuck Travis though? Yeah, <laughs> like that's what <laughs> I know. Again. I heard him say that too. Yeah, I yeah. What the hell <laughs> is this fucking play about? <laughs> <laughs> it's it was like, why do they say fuck Travis though? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I why is this happening? I was like, oh shit! Like in May wait. too. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wait. I, I why just, are my feelings getting? Hurt? Yeah, was he talking at me? What the fuck? I I get it. I get what they're saying, and it is fandom. Obviously, can become toxic. It happens all the time. But also, it kind of gives the filmmakers kind of a little bit of armor. Yeah. Because then if you don't like this movie, then they're you're, like, you're, you're Richie. Yeah. You're exactly what we're talking oh, about. Oh, God forbid we fuck with your childhood. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, but you did fuck with my childhood. Yeah, I'm but sad. You, did. you yeah. killed Dewey, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sam asks if they did all this just to make her the hero of their movie. But Richie corrects her. Sam isn't the hero. She's the villain the daughter of Billy Loomis, who sees fucked up visions of her dad. I don't know how he knows this. How does he, yeah, how does yeah. he know that? He's like, I saw him too. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the car with you and you're driving away. What the oh fuck? Oh my God. <laughs> he says Sydney killed her father and she did all of this just to get her back to Woodsboro. Amber says that the biggest problem with the Stab movies is that there's nobody like Jason or Michael Myers. No big bad to keep coming back. But the illegitimate daughter of the original mastermind, that's a fucking villain. Which I mean, it's, it's fair. I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't agree with the plan, but yeah. it's, <laughs> it's a good idea. Okay. But Sam asks how they knew about Billy Loomis being her father. And Amber simply replies, it's a small town and your mom's a drunk. This was so lazy. This I is what pissed me off. I hated this so because much. Because I'm like, okay, but Tara didn't know. No, but you know. And this was a secret that you kept forever. Yeah. But now you tell everybody. So how many other people were in the bar? How does this not get back to? It just, yeah. I don't, it, it felt very lazy because he's talking and I'm like, how did you know though? Yeah. Like, how do you know that she's Billy's daughter? Oh, now everyone knows. Yeah. Okay, cool. Except Tara. Except right. uh, And if it's such a small town, why did it take them so much time to get to the sheriff? Are you still on the road? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the sushi thing again? <laughs> Well, I'm just, you can't be like, this is a small town, but then it takes you 30 minutes, to 45 minutes to get somewhere. I if can't believe a, it. If it's a small town, the sheriff should have been alive. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> it's like, my opinion. The, yes. the defense rests. <laughs> but she says that she met Richie on the stab subreddit and has been obsessed ever since her parents bought this house. And she soon realized that she and Richie had very similar ideas. Very fun fact is that Jack Quaid made a fake Reddit account and was posting on the Scream subreddit while they were making this film. That is hilarious. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and he was getting into character. All right. That's so funny. But Richie says that it wasn't hard to find Sam in Modesto, and he also says that it wasn't hard to sleep with her either. Rude. When Sam spouts off, fuck you, he tells her that now she's just quoting the original. No, a lot of people say that. Yeah. <laughs> That's not yeah. just... No, that was invented in Scream. <laughs> but Amber says that it wouldn't work with just Sam, though. They had to bring back the legacy characters to make it matter. But she says that Dewey had to die to make it real, to prove that this just wasn't another cash grab sequel. Their movie has stakes. But Sydney eyes a knife on the counter as Amber says that anyone can die in a requel. She lunges for the knife, but meets the sharp point of Amber's knife right to her stomach. Richie kneels down, apologizing to Sydney, telling her that she has to die because letting her survive this many times would just be ridiculous. 
He says this time, the fans will be the one who win. After he finishes their standard villain dialogue, Richie tells Amber to go get Tara out of the closet so they can stage the bodies. He says it very happy. Yeah. Oh, this is what they've been building up toward. Okay. Well, then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but Gail tells Sydney to stay with her while Richie brags about how he was able to trick Sam, telling her that she should have listened to Dewey. Look at the love interest. She should have. Yeah. In Sam's defense, I feel like it was only, <laughs> I feel like it was only one time that the love interest was the. Well, still. <laughs> You still look at him. All right. Just be careful. Yeah. Be careful. But he says that he even tricked Sam into thinking that Tara could be one of the killers. But this is when Amber realizes that uh, Houston, they have a problem here. (laughs) Very good. Thank you. (laughs) Tara's gone. Sam tells Richie that she untied her. So it turns out that he wasn't as persuasive as he thought. The landline suddenly rings, but Richie doesn't go to answer it. In Amber's search, though, she's surprisingly struck in the face by one of Tara's crutches, and Tara just goes to town on her. She's got a lot of strength for, for everything she's yep. been through. Someone who was stabbed, what, yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> but when Richie turns to help her, he's attacked by Sam, and the two struggle in the kitchen. After she bites him, and he, it's really painful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she gets away, and he pursues her. Amber gets the upper hand on Tara, incapacitating her and heading into the kitchen. It made me laugh because they lost the upper hand very quickly. Oh, yeah. And very easily. They, yeah. they had the drop and then they dropped the yes. ball. <laughs> but as soon as Amber heads into the kitchen, Sydney grabs her and throws her to the floor. When she gets up and goes to stab Sydney, Gail rescues her and the two women subdue her, with Sydney smashing a container of hand sanitizer into her face. I did think it was funny that she said that it was hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> Just to be clear. Just so we all know, because it explains everything. But Amber retreats into a corner, begging for their mercy and blaming the message boards and horror fans for radicalizing her, saying she just wanted to be part of something. You can't keep using the... No, sorry. You can't keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. She has it like five times. <laughs> <laughs> but this infuriates Gail, who reminds her that she killed her best friend. But when Amber says that Dewey died like a P-word, Gail socks her across the face. A P-word? I don't want to say it. (laughs) (laughs) But then in a mere matter of moments, this small high school child overpowers both grown women. That that's really my notes. Y'all really let her handle y'all like that? And and they did. <laughs> that's no, they did. fucking nuts. She's that. the strongest kid alive. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, she did fall from the second story onto the floor like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Gail's probably jet lagged. Okay. Sydney has kids, dude. They're fucking tiring, man. <laughs> I bet she's beat. Fair enough. I get it. A high schooler could kick my ass. (laughs) At the rate I'm going, easy. Easy work. (laughs) But Richie continues his pursuit of Sam into the entryway of the house, following a trail of blood upstairs. Back in the kitchen, Amber chokes Gail, telling her that she was the last thing Dewey saw before he died, too, and she can't believe that she gets to kill them both. Drool dripping from her mouth like Stu Mocker. Like Stu Mocker. She says that there will be no last minute saves this time and that her story is over. She's like, I always had a thing for you, Gail. (laughs) (laughs) But Gail looks over at Sydney as Amber tells her that it's time to pass the torch. Gail tells Amber that it's all hers, headbutting her and sending her careening into the gas stove where she accidentally turns on the flame. Really? I guess. (laughs) Yes, because it's that easy. All you have to do is touch it. 
No, she like turned it on and she then did. fell on it. Yeah, no. She's like, and on high? Yeah. <laughs> but Sydney picks up Amber's gun, which is actually Dewey's gun. And since they have all the time in the world, Gail asks her if she wants to do the honors. But Sydney says that this one is all hers. Thankfully, Amber is just recovering this whole yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> did that really happen? I guess, like, I guess so. But as Amber apologizes for killing Dewey, Gail just shoots her, sending her collapsing onto the open flames where the hand sanitizer catches fire and engulfs her completely. She falls to the floor burning and Sydney quips, enjoy that torch. Very good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I don't want to spoil another movie saying this, so I won't say the movie, but this is the second time I've seen <laughs> Mikey Madison engulfed in flames. Yes. <laughs> and... That's kind of hilarious. It is. They they had said that this was the plan before she was even cast. That's hilarious. Really? Yeah. And so they're like, do we change it because of that, or do we just do what we had? Planned? I'd be like, do you? Are you guys like mad at me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why does this hate me? <laughs> why does this keep happening? Every movie. <laughs> but Richie walks upstairs, finding a doorknob with blood on it, thinking he's found Sam. He reaches for it, but Sam comes barreling out of an adjacent room. The two struggle, and as Richie scolds her for trying to ruin his ending, they tumble down the stairs. Richie's the first to his feet, grabbing the gun. He taunts her as she crawls towards the door, asking if she's going to make a scary phone call or pop out of the closet with a ghost face mask on, which is what Sydney did. Yeah. He tells her that she's the villain, and the villain dies in the end. Those are the rules. That's Stu said that. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Is he going to pop out? defeated. post credit scene? <laughs> I fucking wish. I would be fine. Sam, though, gets a vision of Billy Loomis in a nearby mirror, and he alerts her to a knife that is peeking out from under the drapes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? It was a lot. That's I, too much. It is. Why? I don't know. He's like, hmm? It's also... <laughs> yeah. It's also... I'm just realizing she only sees him in mirrors. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. What is that? I don't uh, know. I don't know. He's like, well, look yeah. under the frame, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam grabs the knife, telling Richie that she's introducing a new rule. As he flips her over laughing, he asks what it is. And she tells him plainly, never fuck with the daughter of a serial killer. It's a really specific Very role. specific role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this will only apply to this. Yeah. <laughs> But Richie looks confused, but Sam plants the knife through both of his cheeks and he stumbles back. She mounts him, stabbing him viciously and repeatedly, clearly digging on it. Richie finally gets her to stop and he asks, what about my ending? And she tells him, here it comes, before slicing his throat. So this is just murder. This is, this is not self-defense anymore. At this point, you murdered this dude. <laughs> well, it depends. You should, no, you should go to jail. Let's get the story together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's brief. Let's <laughs> chat. They killed Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> Crime of passion. <laughs> but she does the little ghost face knife wipe because that's genetic, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Stu did it, but it, it doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah. But... Sydney and Gail join Sam, and Sydney tells her to be careful because they always come back. To ensure that he doesn't, Sam snags the gun from Gail, shooting Richie twice in the chest and blowing Richie's brains out. Satisfied, the women stand there, but suddenly, a charred and burned Amber rushes at them, screaming with a knife. Before she can reach them, she's shot in the head by Tara. Holding the gun, 
Tara somberly quips that she still prefers the Babadook. None of us were here for that. No. <laughs> for that call back. Like, I don't no. know what that means. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you just killed the person Tara, that you knew. Right? <laughs> Who are you again? Like, what? I was like, what is going on? Um, I will say they said on a featurette that they modeled part of Amber's Burns exactly after Freddy Krueger. Oh, okay. cool. So it's another homage. I forgot to mention that Vince's tattoos, each one of them is a reference to a Wes Craven movie. Oh, oh, all right. Nice. And all of the pictures that are framed in Stu's house are pictures of either birds or bird feathers. Okay. Aww. All right. So again, like it's throughout. Yeah. But Sam checks on her sister and holds her close. I hope she whispered into her ear, it's pronounced Babadook. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop saying stop, it stop like doing that. that. <laughs> You're embarrassing me, Tara. <laughs> but sometime later, the cops are called and Sam checks on Mindy, who is being wheeled away on a gurney. They're told that Mindy is going to be okay. And Mindy gives a thumbs up to Chad, who somehow survived and is being given oxygen in the back of an adjacent ambulance. I don't know how uh, they survived, but I'm glad. Yes. It made me laugh because that EMT was wheeling Mindy to the ambulance and Sam's like, whoa, wait, wait. <laughs> it's like, stop saving your life. I want to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. You got it, boss. Yeah. Like, no, get her in the ambulance. They said that Chad was originally supposed to die. Yeah. But then they liked dude so much as an actor yeah. If they wanted to continue, if they did choose to continue. I like both of them. He kind of gets the Dewey treatment from the first film. Right. So it is kind yeah. of, you know. Okay. But Tara, who is being loaded onto an ambulance, asks if they can take her to a different hospital this time. And the EMT tells her, of course. Not Haddonfield. No. <laughs> that was I'd like a floor with people on it, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before leaving, Sam walks over to talk to Sydney and Gail. She thanks them for everything and asks if they're going to be okay. Sydney says that she'll survive. She always does. But Sam tells her that she was right about not running away, and Sydney apologizes for it. it it's weird to me that Sydney and Gail are just sitting here when Gail was shot. She and was. Sydney yeah. was stabbed, but they're not being rushed anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> so like, no, Sam was stabbed too. You're right. Wandering You're around. right. They're like, no, they're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you realize this. It's, it may have been a while since anatomy class, but... Um, both Sydney and Gail, where they were injured, there's a lot of organs. Yeah. There. yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and they're pretty pretty important. We yeah. should probably get that scene immediately. Yeah. yeah. But no, let's sit here and talk. Let's just throw a blanket <laughs> on them. What is the power of that blanket? That's what I want to know. But Sam asks Gail how she's doing, but Gail says to just ask her in a few days. But on the positive side, Gail says that she knows exactly what she's going to write about. Not this. She says these fuckers can die in anonymity but maybe a story about a good man who used to be the sheriff here. I'll pre-order it. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney says that she'd like to read that story. It made me think of, I like that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam asks another question. Is she going to be okay? Sydney says, eventually. Sam accepts this, and in the window of a car, <laughs> catches her reflection, Billy Loomis standing behind her and giving her a nod of approval. <laughs> You done good, kid? <laughs> That'll do, pig. <laughs> That'll do. But Sam then hops into the back of the ambulance with Tara, telling her that she isn't going anywhere without her, and she's going to hold her hand the whole way there. The doors close, and we get one last shot of the mocker house. As the camera pulls away, a reporter played by Millie M. begins reporting. 25 years ago, almost to the day, in this very house, a tragic story ended. Tonight, a new chapter came to a close. As she continues, it all fades out, uplifting music plays, and we fade to black. The first in title card reads, For Wes. 
and we get a quick flash of Ghostface wiping their knife, and the credits roll. So, what did you guys think of Scream? So I don't want to sound too negative about the movie, but this was definitely not for me. Okay. <laughs> um, there was there was a lot of like the set design and like you said, and a lot of the stuff was really cool, and and I had a lot of fun talking about the movie. Um, I don't understand the Billy angle. We didn't need that. I don't understand why the whole the sins of the father or the sins of the son thing going on here yeah. because just because her dad did something bad and she doesn't even know who he is or anything about him doesn't mean that you're going to go do that or that that's inside of you and you're going to and I know that's a little nitpicky but they're like punching it in there well that's like one of the biggest things about the film yeah yeah especially at the end yeah yeah so it's it's very weird uh to try to do that I don't think Dewey got the send-off he deserved at all no um and you said it and and it was very watching it again I feel like even if you watch this for the first time, it's not hard to tell who the killers are. <laughs> and that sucks because that hurts the reveal. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say that the characters are bad because none of them are bad, but I don't feel like we get enough time with any of them, enough adequate time with any of them to really care, to really like be like, damn, except for when the old cast comes that's when everybody comes back and it's like oh shit you know what i mean because <laughs> sam's being a bitch to them for no reason they're trying to help you what do you want from me lady you know what go die then you know yeah, exactly yeah bet. bye because you know what according to this dude's plan none of this is going to work if i don't show up so if I let you guys leave and I go back to my family, then what is he going to do? Wait there at the house until she comes back? Your whole plan's fucked now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just there's a lot of things that they put in this movie that was like, okay, but if one person would have said fuck it, none of this would have happened. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a house of cards. So, <laughs> it's, And it's kind of funny well, that Richie kind of is like, I can't believe that worked. You can't keep saying that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because then I'm just questioning the screenwriting now. Yeah. That, it, was, it was just, it was very um, up and down. A lot of the characters were weird. Uh, nothing against Tara or the actress that plays her, Jenna Ortega. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I do not like her character in this movie. Uh, you didn't bring anything for me to care. You were very mean to your sister at the beginning for no for reason. No reason. Uh, it's it's very weird. It, it it and I'm not one to sit here and be like, oh, scream, whatever. But uh, but I feel like the last what was it four or whatever i gave pretty high four was four was really good okay yeah. so again like i can come around it's not the whole you know what i mean like yeah. oh i just hate because i did come in like you know what? maybe this is silly enough to where it's gonna work for me but it wasn't it was it was just confusing and i was like i don't know what's happening here <laughs> a lot of the decisions like i said are just that if one thing gets taken out none of this works mm -hmm. and then you've added so much stuff to this for what we don't need billy you you teased Stu the whole time and then never gave him to us i think that's my biggest the the team that are working here no Plus, this is an this is clearly a dude in his twenties hooking up with the high schooler, and nobody's mentioning this. Yeah, y'all did that twice. This movie, yeah, dude. nobody <laughs> mentioned <enough>. that. <laughs> nobody's saying anything. And even if you're right, okay, she might be eighteen. You're still in fucking high school. 
It's still wrong. No, yeah, yeah, you're still we all agree. in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, no, nah, it's all right. People are accepting. Don't look too close. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what? It was just all over the place for me. Um, I did have a lot of fun talking about the movie. Good. Um, and I will say that that made it better for me. Okay. Um, I'm hoping... I'm not even going to lie, and I feel weird saying it, but I hope 6 is better than this. Yeah, me too. Uh, from seeing the trailers, I'm not going to lie, I don't have faith. I think Ghostface is going the way of Jason. I've skipped the and, trailers um, completely. Yeah, I, I feel like this might go the way of uh, Jason, and that sucks. But, I mean, hey, who knows? We'll see. Maybe Scream 6 is fucking me turning around and apologizing to everybody and be like, no, Maybe this it is. is. We'll this say is, that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not holding out a lot. <laughs> but... <laughs> But all that to say, no, it, it is a fun movie. I, If you like the franchise, I I would recommend watching it. And if you haven't seen it and you've kind of dabbled in them, take a look. You know what I mean? Maybe you can sit here and be like, oh, this is fucking crazy and appreciate everything for it. I did not. I just and I think it was mainly maybe the story or the pacing or I don't know what it was, but. This just did not. The, the, there was nothing going in my ass for this movie at oh all. Oh my god! So yeah, a little decorum. <laughs> not even in the cheeks. Okay. Like there's, it's just the yeah. cheeks. Hey, hey, what did you think about? <laughs> what did you think about? He just cut his mic. <laughs> <laughs> he just has no final thoughts no. when this comes out. JP left. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what happened. No, I agree. I think the most egregious thing is really, I feel like we were baited into thinking that we were going to get Stu Mocker at the end. Mm -hmm. We talked about this on Talk Mortem too, about how even if it was just like a little peek of him after the credits, anything, yeah, you know, anything, I would have liked if one of them was Stu's kid. That might be too much to ask. I would have even, and it's kind of cheesy, but I still would have been like, well, Stu, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care in what capacity we get him. I just want him. Even, I'll tell you what, even if after all that, they showed a Reddit thread of them talking and there was one name in there that stuck out uh -huh. and it was like a, you guys should totally do that. And you're like, and oh it's shit. Like, oh, Oh, that's a, like a the fucking mastermind. anagram for Anything. Stu's name or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> it's like fucking Utz told us. That. Yeah. I'm just, you know what I mean? <laughs> he was the mastermind. Anything. That, and it would have been like, oh shit, then there is hope. You uh -huh. didn't give us any of that, dude. <laughs> Who's this guy? Utz Kamer. <laughs> Utz Reckham. Hey, but if you, hey, you could look and be like, hey, it's Stu. And you know you'd get excited. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it was such a dropped ball. And the fact that they didn't include the crime scene photos with him, I'm like, maybe we'll get him in six. Yeah. That's it just kind of feels but like... It, that's that's late. You know? Yeah. It's too late for yeah. me. When you really wanted somebody to show up for you and then they finally do and it's like, it's too fucking late, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you weren't there when I needed you. You know what I mean? Sorry, guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that ship has sailed. I don't know. I uh, There are some really great moments. I really, really love the idea of some of the characters because I don't feel like we really got to know any of them very well. I really, really like Mindy and Chad. Yeah. I love, we love a POC final girl always, but even mm -hmm. Sam, I feel like we didn't get to know her very well. Yeah. Tara, half the time I'm mad at her for being an asshole to her sister, mm -hmm. who I don't even really like love because she was a fucking asshole to Sydney. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want some like angelic final girl or something, but I really didn't get a lot from her. Yeah. Um, the Billy Loomis thing was, I, I was even on board with that 
until they're like, oh, your mom's a drunk. She tells everybody. No, she doesn't. Yeah. No, she that's that does not track for what we've been told the whole movie. No. Yeah. I know that they said that she's an AA at the beginning or whatever, but I'm like that. If that's supposed to translate to your mom's a drunk and runs her mouth at the bar, yeah. that's pretty fucked up. Honestly, I don't know. That was very the reveal was underwhelming and then i'm like okay so but how did they know that she's billy da- no that's how you know she's billy's daughter like you know how they could or should know that she's billy's daughter because Stu knew that billy got someone pregnant exactly yeah that and you would tracked be, her down yeah. exactly it could be <laughs> yeah you're right i mean so maybe they'll be like i'm sorry and it's, yeah. like, it's just you <laughs> every character's played yeah <laughs> just matthew lillard yeah doing like the clumps yeah. <laughs> like a clump film yeah <laughs> but yeah um no i i agree with both of you i i gotta say i do respect a lot of what the filmmakers did mm-hmm it wasn't exactly what I would do, but the stuff that I really appreciated obviously was all the Wes Craven yeah. Yeah. tributes. I think that it is clearly something that was made by fans. And look, man, even though a lot of it didn't work for me, I know that they were in a very difficult spot. You come into the Scream franchise and you have to make a new one. You're going to piss people off no matter what you do. Yeah. Right. That's tough. And I that's an unenviable position. Mm-hmm. But it was their position. Yeah. And there were things that I didn't really appreciate, but I think that we're all kind of on the same page here as far as a watching experience. If you just watch it, it's a fun movie. Yeah. It is. If you think about a lot of it, it starts to chip away at it a little bit, which is kind of what this show is about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I do love how many people enjoyed it. That always makes me happy to see. Um, This, unfortunately for me, I think is my least favorite scream in the series. I agree. I just I and I maybe it was expectation knowing who's involved and knowing what it's going to be. Yeah, I really, really wanted to love this and I just flat out didn't. But I guess we can go into ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I on the positive side, love the main three. Scream is forever in my heart. Mm-hmm. I see Ghostface. I am five years old again. Yeah. Um, Sydney, Dewey and Gale. Same exact thing. Yeah. I think that it's slickly made. It's well shot. Mm-hmm. It is chocked full of Easter eggs. As I said, clearly made by fans. Yeah. Yeah. I love the house. They they really did that shit. Yeah. And I love a lot of the performances. <laughs> Jack Quaid, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's great. <laughs> he's fantastic. Um, and of course, the inclusion of Nick Cave again. We missed it. Mm-hmm. On the negative side. And these are big, these are big things. Yeah. yeah. I don't dig the story. I thought the use of the main three was not what I would have done. And it kind of was a shame to never see them on screen together. Yeah. That's a big negative for me. Doing that, I think, really took away from the reunion we felt in four. Mm -hmm. And we're nostalgic fiends. We want to see that again. But Dewey's death. Yeah. I just feel like he deserved better. I'm not. Look, I don't want Dewey to die ever. But if he has to die, I feel like it could have been handled a little bit better. It should have been a hero's death. Yeah. I know a lot of people would consider this a hero's death. I, I don't. But I, I think it would be more of a hero's death if I got to see him with uh, Sidney and Gale once. Yeah. Yeah. But um, And if it was in the last act, because we don't want to lose him this early in the film. No. Yeah. There's a lot of film left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Calm down. I know. <laughs> um, I also didn't really like the motivations of the killers. I didn't like who the killers were. I didn't like knowing that the killers were the killers so early. Yeah. Yeah. I will admit, 
I the whole time I was watching it, I already knew Amber was the killer, but I was hoping that Richie wasn't one of the killers because it would be too obvious. And it, and it, and was. it was. Yeah. And when he says it's a bummer, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because I was really hoping it was somebody else. You know what would be really cool? If it was Amber and Tara. That I even no, have that yeah. in my notes that that would have actually been very interesting. That would have been yeah. really because cool. Because she's the reason that she came back. She's the reason that they stopped at Amber's house to get the inhaler. I know that Richie took it or whatever. Or whatever. But yeah, I agree. That would have been very interesting. Mm. I, granted, it would have taken a lot of the piss out of the hospital scene because Tara was very frightened. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that wouldn't have worked at all. And we would have been mad about that. But <laughs> We would have been. But just tweak it. Just tweak, yeah. tweak it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there, there were a lot of missed opportunities, especially with Stu, especially bringing him up as much as you do. It is clear. It is so clear. And if you're already doing stuff that we already know that you're doing, why not just bring Stu yeah. back? You've already brought him back for these cameos. Yeah. Let him be the mastermind. And honestly, that's the Scream 3 that Wes Craven wanted to make to begin with. So let's do that. Yeah. Let's finally fucking do it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, eh, I'm glad people enjoyed it. Yeah. I wanted to enjoy it more. As we said, even bad scream is good scream. So this isn't going to get a super low score for me because simply by virtue of it being scream, I'm happy to see it. Yeah. But for me, on a scale from one to 10 red herrings, I am going to give scream six red herrings out of 10. I am still excited to see scream six. I'm going to go this weekend. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm not. No, uh, I'm still on board. I'll probably never get off. Oh, no. Honestly. Not at all. But um, I will now open the floor to you. Like I said, I don't I don't I I don't want to sit here and just kind of trash the movie because I did have I did have some fun watching it and even more fun talking about it. But for all the reasons you said <laughs> it's it hurt it a lot, a lot. And and it, I don't mean this in a bad way. But if you were like, oh, no, a bunch of people made this and put it on YouTube, I'd be like, OK, <laughs> I'm not, I mean, like you when you say fan fiction. Oh, OK. I was like, that's I was like, you no, don't mean it in like, a bad way. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> not like like if you said this was fan. I mean it like that. If you were like, oh, no, this is fan fiction. Oh, OK. Like it's not not in a bad way. Like like literally it's not. It was like you said, I couldn't even tell that was a set. I couldn't tell that wasn't a real hospital. Everything looked amazing. And some of the performances, yeah, were good. But man, I the story, the pacing or what it was just, I don't understand why Sam was the way she was. I don't understand the whole, like I said, I'll go in circles, but the Billy thing, the the friend thing, the, it was very weird. And I think it was that. We just didn't spend enough time with these people to even really care about them, of what, what they were saying, what they were going through. Like, uh, dude's girlfriend, the brother's girlfriend, the twin, Chad's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. yeah, you barely see you her. You barely yeah. see her. And then for them to be like, well, what if you're the killer? I never thought she was the killer because she never gave off that energy. In the screenplay, they said Liv originally had even less to do. <laughs> then why is she then, there? Yeah, then why have her To have there? another possible killer? I guess so. Why? Let her do something. Let them all do something. Give us a scene where we're following just the kids to them trying to figure it out or whatever. And then Amber's like actually following with them but little by little showing them somewhere else to lead them another direction then it's like oh, okay they are friends or they do like each other half the time i don't even believe that amber is their friend mm-hmm. at all yeah she is mean <laughs> yeah i'm like i don't believe that's what i'm saying i don't believe you 
I do also want to. I forgot one of the negatives was how much they told me and Nate to go fuck ourselves. Yeah, that, <laughs> that hurt, hurt a lot. That hurt. Yeah, that was mean. Yeah, but with all that said, it is a fun movie. I would recommend watching it if you do like the franchise and you haven't yet. Uh, if you just want to check it out, go check it out. And you said it perfect, T. If you're watching the movie to watch it, it's fun. As soon as you kind of just peel off a little bit of that side tape, you know what I mean? <laughs> then you see it, you know, it's like, oh, fuck. And and it's it, it kind of ruins the experience. I don't feel like Dewey got what he deserved. I don't think that Sydney and Gail, like, you're right. I, I Tweak it. You know what I mean? Get them together. Find a reason to get them together. Don't just, oh, well, I came because Dewey, you know what I mean, was killed. Well, can we find out a way to get you here together and then like you said do it in the third act you're saving gal now that also leaves a window open for you to be like i've always loved you and then you have <laughs> then you have that moment where you do feel bad and sad because he always loved gal and he's having this hero's ending and he's telling her and it's like okay now the gang's wrapping it up we get it now now it's time for new blood whatever right we don't get any of that we don't get any of that. So it's like, okay, you know, all right, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, but again, I'll ramble on. Um, but with that, I'm going to give Scream 5 on a scale from 1 to 10 red herrings a 3.5. I I do, like I said, I it looks fine. Everything, you know what I mean? There's Dude's funny. Uh, the Jack boy, Wade. yeah, Jack yeah. Wade. He's great. Uh, I, I still want to call him Joe McHale, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's funny. A lot of them are good, but it's just the, the story and the way it's told. It's just very weird, very very weird. Yeah, I think I've already made it pretty clear how I feel. <laughs> um, again, even bad scream is good scream. All scream is good scream. This one, we all scream for our scream. We all scream for, for all screams. <laughs> this one, uh, it is my least favorite. There's a lot of fun to be had with it. I do. I would have liked more from the new cast, but mm -hmm. there are none of them that I'm like, why are you here? You know what I mean? Like they're fine. I think most of them are coming back. If not all of them, I don't know. I think so. I don't know. I try not to really look at anything. Right, right. But I'm excited to get to know them more you know as a series i hope good or bad is it's it's moving on it's going forward it really hurts me that this may be the last that we get sydney mm -hmm. um, yeah. that really fucking hurts uh it it's just bittersweet i guess yeah because it's like don't be asking us for shit else it's almost what it felt like <laughs> Um, here's your little screen movie. Don't ask for anything else because you insulted me throughout it <laughs> and you killed the heart of it. You know what I mean? And I will say that I do think that the writers and directors are also insulting themselves. Yeah. yeah. They're, Which I mean, they're just as yeah. big as fans no, yeah. as That's we are. Fair enough, but it still hurt. <laughs> fuck us and fuck you. Yeah. Fuck all of us. Yes. Um, but yeah, the uh, most egregious is, uh, really, hyping me up for Stu and just not delivering um not even delivering any tie to him yeah which is just you got his uh Vince is his nephew whatever all right <laughs> yeah okay um <laughs> and Dewey yeah it just it wasn't right it shouldn't have happened at all if it had to happen I would have liked for it to have been another way yeah 
but all of that good bad ugly uh on a scale from one to ten red herrings Mm -hmm. i also gave scream 2022 six out of ten i i don't think that i can go below five for a scream film it's scream i just don't no i don't think physically i can say the words i know that we did before but that was when we were really trying to be like well let's look at this you know subjectively yeah, i can't no we can't from my heart i can't if you look at pod mortem's letterbox we've revised those scores. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah um I, i'll sit at six yeah it was disappointing in a lot of ways but it's still i'm always happy to to see scream it's scream yeah well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate Scream and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, if you want to survive a requel, you have to follow the rules. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) A special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers, ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, JD Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Livy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman Wise, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Daniel McGinnis, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle OKC, Joshua Rumley, Danielle Peralta, Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, M. Fryback, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higuera, William Rush, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O, Morgan Freenomorph, Marissa E, Sydney, Henry F, Carlos J. Mota, Megan M, Strangely Sarah, Paul Jordan, Christy Beck, Nancy and Andy, Amanda Lopez, Cody Graves, Andy Terrell, Wizard Boner, ML Tafoya, Abigail Spitzer, Katie K, and Erica. Wow. What a list. Woo, yes.
Amazing. We love you all so much. Yes, thank you. Just want to let you know, the fact that you support all of us, well, I mean, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a real uh, scream. You yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, it works. Cool. Until next time. <laughs>